Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. Earthpack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to The Late Night with Chalky Podcast. Our guest this week is an HBOG. Just happens to be one of the biggest names in the music business. Co-founded. And lead vocalist of one of the biggest American reggae hip hop rock bands. He's been laying down tracks for over a decade. Like probably 15, 20 years. Getting yeah, 20 years. Two decades, yeah. Shit. We're old. <laughs> Their hit song, Vacation 2017, went viral and catapulted them to a whole new level of stardom with over 6 billion plays across all social media platforms. Isn't that wild? It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. There's no slowing these guys down. They just released their eighth album, Midnight Control. Go check it out, you guys. It's freaking dope. And we are beyond pumped and honored to sit down and welcome to the show our friend, Jared Dirty J, Dirty Heads, Watson. Woo! Fuck yeah. Yeah, boys. Can I tell you that I'm not kidding? We're groupies. Every, no, I'm not a groupie, <laughs> but... I I somehow always like go eh, eh, eh. Well, yeah. It's Does like, everybody uh, tell you that? Yeah. 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 Which is And everybody's three year old and four year old and five year old and six year old. Yeah. I mean it's a fucking nursery rhyme, you know? Hook, line, when it can secret. be that simple. Yeah. It's simple. Keep it stupid simple, man. Yeah. You know? I love it. Well, I mean, before we get into it, congratulations on all the success. You Appreciate guys it, earned yeah. it and um you just obviously have such a, a unique, you know, approach to 
a genre that's like mixed, you yeah. know, which yeah. you guys stand out. I love it. Yeah, it can get it can get <clears throat> confusing for fans when you have a style of music where you blend genres. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you don't yeah. do it right, it can just be fucking too much. You well, know? Yeah, I mean. The Beastie Boys were kind of the first in my youth generation yep. that kind of had that, and they were like, I mean, they were rock and roll punk rock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all good, yeah, you know, and you, nobody really gave a shit. Which was, I think, the Beastie Boys and Sublime were the first two bands where we were like, oh, sure. you don't yeah. just have to do one thing. Definitely. And then, and then the nineties came around, and there was a lot of bands that were trying to do too much shit. Yeah. So we we're like, you know, you got to kind of be conscious of like keeping a common thread through it. So yeah. I don't know. I'm stoked. I think we kind of figured out something pretty original you yeah. know i don't think yeah. it's really anybody that sounds style, like us yeah sound. yeah speaking of common thread the reason why you're here is because you're a surfer and let's start at the beginning Fucking where where did you find surfing well just so all my friends can roast me and they're going to anyway <laughs> i started boogieing in surfside Dude. and seal yeah. Fucking dick dragger. Yeah. No, yeah. Ain't yeah. no shame yeah. boogie boarding. Yeah. So I grew up in Surfside at like pretty much. So my dad's wood shop was, if you go to Campus by Caton now, where it's the, Campus by Caton's a surf shop in Sunset Beach, where it's pretty much the warehouse. That was my dad's wood shop. So huh. we would go to work with my dad when we were fucking, you know, four to 12 or whatever. And we would just go up to the surf shop instead of sitting in the wood shop with my dad. Yeah. So, and my brother runs it now. He's been running it for over yeah, two Jesse. decades. Yeah. So he's technically like basic. Yeah, like endogenous Jesse. Yeah. So (laughs) growing up in a surf shop was rad, and I mean, technically Jesse's been working there since he was like nine. Since we started sweeping the floor, so we just grew up in Surfside and Seal and started boogieing, and then that just developed into you know we were like always in the water, and that just developed into kind of getting wood shop connected to the building. Yeah, there's a door that you can walk from the wood shop into the shop. Yeah, it was pretty rad. And what kind of stuff did your dad? Me like like uh, cabinets, finished cabinets. Yeah, finished cabinets. Yeah. Shit, pretty much. Yeah, and we so just a craftsman. Yeah, we just either sit on the job site with him or sit in the wood shop, listen to him and his partner dick around, or go sit up at the front and like kind of get picked on and hang out with the guys up there. You yeah. know, and it's crazy to like look at the groms now and we're the fucking guys messing with Picking the kids and yeah, like yeah. you know, <laughs> like hopefully my kids will have jobs there and shit. It's yeah. cool. It's like it's pretty much family. We've known Sato and Glenn, you know, since we were born. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, re- retail, especially if you're a surfer, you you want to work surf retail or skate retail, you know, and be yeah. in the mix because that's your life. You know, mm-hmm. it's everything you consume. It's so what, rad. Where did you guys grow up? We were literally born in our house in Sunset, uh, in Sunset Beach. Oh, wow. So yeah. you're in Sunset. Yeah. And then we moved to just right around the corner in Huntington. And we always just grew up in Huntington. Yeah. And then we moved over to Sheets. Westminster. Yeah. Where, whereabouts in Sunset? Uh, I think it was 7th Street. It was more towards like Warner. Um, I think off it, the strand yeah, yeah right off the Greenbelt wow. like it was the apartments what's cr- what's super fucking crazy is that I we got a manager when we were like 20 I think we were 20 years old and we get this manager he's still our manager now and we're driving in Sunset and I, we were driving down to Caton I think or maybe to like we were getting some food or something I remember driving his car and I'd go, go to the apartments I grew up in or that I was born in and I was like man I was born in those apartments right there he's like shut the fuck up I was like why he's like I owned like two of those apartments for like Shut two decades. Up. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what a small world. Weird, you right? Recognize yeah. your last name and where you grew up. I mean, no, it was I was way after we were gone, but it was just kind of probably wild. meant to be. Yeah. So going back, your dad would take you to the wood shop. You guys would just jet across, across the, street. the street. Yeah, to Anderson, to Anderson. and just go boogie or like yeah. the hole or whatever you know, and just or just kind of skate over to Seal and like that was kind of our cruise. Just like I grew up skating and kind of boogieing Seal yeah. and, and Anderson. Hey. 
I boogied. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, and skated. Skated. And then, I, but you just get to one, you're like, okay. So I'm gonna stand up. I'm a kid from Long Beach, and Seal Beach was the start of my surfing. Yeah. But in high school, dude, Anderson Street was our spot. It was something. It was back the then. Inland Empire for us. That was our spot: Lakewood, Long Beach, Rossmore. Like that was Anderson was the spot for mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah. And dude, for like four or five summers, you know, from junior high to high school. Every summer would be spent at Anderson Street. Yeah, it was good. I remember they dredged one year, and then like the following three years, it was like it got so good. It was like Seal, but like more manageable and more makeable every fucking day for like three years. It's gone through. It's like right. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 like a left hand point break sometimes Mm -hmm. back in the day. And what's crazy is the hole. Yeah. How good was the hole? Yep. Yeah. They had a run. I, I haven't seen it like the way it used to be. But fuck, man, that the hole is phenomenal. Yeah, it's terrible now. Don't, don't yeah, go there. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally ruined. I would never even look at it. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, yeah, I mean, the beaches, you know, and again, it's, you know, based on the hurricanes and, and the swells. And I think Marie or whatever, we talked about it before. Dug like, it all out. Just the whole coast, everywhere, yeah. lowers to Newport. Just kind of to changed the, the bottom. I just think that was starting to come back, especially yeah. this past. Well, they're doing a ton of waves. work in the harbor there, so. Who knows? Maybe Sands moving around. So boogie boarding. Yeah. Tell us about that. Like, why did you start off boogie boarding? I don't know. I think it was because it was like something that's. I always try. I guess it goes to the fact that I'm always trying to find the alternative of the norm. You know, not knowing that it might have been the rollerblading of surfing at the time. Like it was just something different. You know. Yeah. And I think it was just the guys I was skating with, bodyboarding. Okay. You know, and so I Who's just kind of crew? fell in. Uh, the that I boogied with and stuff. Yeah, and just young, young, like your little rat pack. Yeah, it was just me and my buddy Jeff Azer. He uh, he was like the like kind of the leader of like this little drop me skate squad that I had, and like just a couple other guys. Drop me like, skate yeah. squad. <laughs> yeah, we would just like film our skate parks, uh, or film our skate parks, and like film our boogie parks. How you know? funny! Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. But but new, uh, seal and like you know the wet. There's certain spots that. You, every day there's boogies out there. Like, that's a spot, you know? Like, Seal Beach is a boogie board spot. That was, like, Especially the culture, yeah. <clears throat> I, certain places, it's probably not as prevalent, you know? Yeah. Like, where that's, like, you get hardcore, like, boogie boarders. It was yeah. fucking... So yeah, Southside was gnarly. Like, but it's kind of yeah. normal to see it. It's like, well, fuck, man. Guys are ripping, getting barreled. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Seal Beach still has way more boogie boarders in their lineup than like Huntington used to remember and a lot of kneeboards when we grew up a lot of kneeboarders but yeah. a lot of boogie boarders yeah. and this day and age is not as no. prevalent as it used no, to be not even so what uh, what was your boogie board bro what was your quiver probably custom X drop me or whatever <laughs> like I don't know I can't remember like uh, oh what was that Paul Roach Paul, Paul Roach, Roach was like yeah. my idol you know like, his that, parts uh, were insane socked up Slater and, uh, <clears throat> no really he always had like Slayer Pantera for yeah, his part yeah. he only drop me that was like a drop me dude he was you a know? sick drop me yeah he was yeah. one of the best boogie boarders of, he yeah. got parts in Taylor Seal movies that's how good he is yeah right yeah, I mean he could do pretty fucking heavy turns you yeah. know like yeah. you move a lot yeah, of water he was going up and like cracking the lips yeah. and doing like big hooks and fans and stuff it was fun and like especially just kind of surfing shore break and like going to Laguna staying like in that like zone of just like searching for shore. like shore break I feel like even when you surf like we surfed Golden West the other day and for once it was good shore break since because that, that's where our surf class was for us was Golden West and he used to have 
it used to be so good. The yeah. outside of the reform, the inside, and like a couple days after that day, I saw you in the water. I was like, good shore break. I remember like, we used to hunt just for shore break. When you for boogie, sure. like that's all you gave a shit yeah, about. Yeah. You know, you're like, let's when just When you can get that white water uh-huh. and then the check and then the reform yeah. is like. Plus you wouldn't have a lot of surfers but you're just Yeah, and you're just always having fun. It's like, you know, when you take your soft top out and you're like, why do I have so much fun on my soft top? Yeah. Because you don't give a shit. When you're surfing shore break, you don't really give a shit because yeah. you're going to get fucked up. The paddle's two feet. Yeah. You're just ha- you're just in a, like, it's like body surfing. You're yeah. just yeah. out there little, fucking around. Little washing machine. You're yeah. Like, you know, get the donuts, get that wave when you can is, catch it at high yeah. yeah when it crumbles on the outside a little bit and you can chip in that's it and just roll all the way in yeah doesn't get like that anymore though you guys <laughs> not at all is this what you do the whole time <laughs> just talk about spots that are good and they go they, they're not good don't go there it used to be that yeah, way but not yeah. anymore Four and a half, four point two to like four point nine foot tide is pretty good you know, once you get outside it has to be about five six foot so swell. did you have a leash or no leash uh, uh no i had a leash yeah i had like the arm the, the arm like, bicep leash oh, yeah okay, okay. <laughs> no i actually i don't know i'm sure i just went through all the trends what uh, what fins did you uh use vipers for sure vipers. cut okay. the vipers yeah. yeah i had vipers and i cut them nice yeah vipers were the churchill's yeah. vipers yeah. always vipers Gosh, what, what, there wasn't that many brands yeah, no that was it brands. scott Scott Fins, yeah. And Vipers mm-hmm. and Churchill's were kind of the three that dominated yeah. when we were young. Now you ever, it's like a ton. You ever try the wedge? Yeah, we surfed the wedge all the time. Really? Yeah, that was our thing. It was just like we just surfed shore break. And the big stuff? Yeah, a couple days, you know. Mm-hmm. I was fucking, that's all I gave a shit about was boogieing and skating, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of skateboard were you riding? Um, so this is 90s, right? Late 90s? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what board's. I was riding at the time. I didn't have any, like, other than Kate and, like, I, I did a couple, like, am contests, but it was more about just doing the, like, just filming your parts, you yeah. know? And I was, like, kind of techie, but I liked doing bigger stuff, but, like... Stairs? Yeah. Ledges? I think it was, I was more, like, of a tech dude, and I'd put, like, hip-hop to my parts. And I feel like that's so funny is because what I loved about skating <laughs> I was, like, you, you would... What's that? Techie and hip hop. Just yeah, like just skating. I I'd rather skate ledges than anything. Okay. You know, I just wanted like butter ledges or whatever. Who, who you know? were the guys you looked up to? Oh, you know, I skated with who who ended up being like super successful. He's a really awesome guy, Chad Tim Tim. Mm. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And that Did Chad you grow was up like in our area. He was in Los Al, I think. Okay. And like he was like oh, we right. were all like fuck. We want to be like Chad. Yeah. You know, because he just was better than all of us. And yeah. You know, he's like a surfer. Yeah, sir. We, I yeah. just talked to him last week. He was yeah. like, yeah, I've been surfing the cliffs. He surfs the cliffs Fuck, a yeah. lot. Him and yeah. Justin Reynolds. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I remember those guys. Josh um, Harmony surfs a lot. He posts a lot of surfing yeah. shots, too. It's like, yeah. it's rad. Yeah, so that was the crew. And, like, I, that's what I like about skating is you could tell what kind of guy you know, like, your part, your, the music, like, so skate, skate videos were the first playlist. Like, if you think about it. Yeah. Skate videos were the first playlist. Before we had fucking playlists, like, you would listen to... You would watch a skate video, and there'd be metal, and then hip-hop, and then, like, some weird indie shit, and whatever. But, like, each guy... If the guy was had hip-hop on his part, he was probably a tech guy. Yeah. If he had, like, some Hessian shit, he was probably a fucking Hessian doing, like, giant stairs and roof gaps and, yeah. like, just stupid drops. Like, no flip tricks, just going super fast and kind of yeah. getting fucked up. Like, you knew what type of guy... The skater was just from his music, it's yeah. kind of, and you found all your music from that. Four one one. That's yeah. where I found like Wu Tang and all fucking all the underground hip hop at the time. Like, yeah. that's true. funny. It, it is. It's a good analogy. Fucking playlist, man. Yeah, it is because 
I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Like your personality and your style, your music kind of matches. All came down to like yeah. what song you put to your skate park yeah. or your surf part. Yeah, because <laughs> like totally. when we when you say it was the first like for playlist, me. Yeah, 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 but surfing too. Yeah, you know, yeah, like same. The Taylor Seal mm-hmm. videos and the videos before before that. But we didn't get to choose. We just got. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. yeah, no. Well, well we were I mean, not me, anyway. but yeah, yeah. other athletes yeah. got to. The guys, you know. Yeah. You had you had video parts. Yeah. I did, but yeah. just, you That's know. the only reason why he's here, bro. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, I got to keep this guy in check over yeah. here. Let's claim the fame. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shoots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's how we found a lot of our... That's how we found Sublime, for sure. That's how we found Wu-Tang. That's how we found a lot of, like a lot of the music that we listen to a lot of the east coast hip-hop that we would have never where are you going to hear east coast hip-hop at that point in time not on the radio yeah you know somebody wanted it as their part yep yeah um so what what were you 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 were a tech skate yeah like my parts i'd put like yeah i'd like i'd like mirror the tech guys yeah and who who is your kareem campbell Kareem Campbell. Oh, oh, Skater. I thought you meant... Uh, yeah, uh, Skater too. Kareem skater Campbell. was Kareem Campbell. And then yeah. probably like Farside or Tribe Called Quest or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's so funny. But yeah, Kareem Campbell was like my complete idol. And just through synchronicity and something weird, I actually ended up becoming close friends with Did him about five, ten years like ago. like those guys? Too? Yeah, totally. Oh. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> when you were wearing DCs and... Like I know. I, I never wore DCs. It was Etnies, always. Etnies. It was always Etnies, Yeah. Kareem Campbell, though, was was he... Oh, he did action for a while. Once yeah, he action. did action, I 100% started wearing action. Okay. He just started... He just released him again a couple years ago. Yeah, I heard, yeah, I yeah. heard he... It's sick. Yeah. It's so... I mean, those guys have such... I mean, if you don't break yourself, those guys could have such a, a longevity of careers and stuff and stay yeah. relevant, you know? Yeah, and Tony Hawk probably didn't suck for him having this video game. Too. You know, that's that was awesome. It's kind so of crazy because we talk about this sometimes from time to time, how... You know, in surfing, there's so many subcultures in surfing. Yeah. And skateboarding, Same there's thing. so many subcultures. Yeah, there's the Hessians, in, there's the tech kids, yeah. there's the hip-hop kids. Like, it's, it goes deep. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was younger, I'm a lot older than you guys. Yeah, you are. When, when, when we were growing up, it was like <laughs> skateboarders and surfers and jocks. Like, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And then now, it's like, you know, what type of surfer are you, right? Are you the hipster alternative twin fin mid-length dude yeah. or are you yeah you're going to daydream or, or you're going yeah. to starbucks <laughs> yeah. or you go like what coffee shop or, do you or, go or, to or, yeah. right? or, are you, or are you down at the shop checking out all the fire wires and the hayden shapes yeah. and you're like the most tech guy the newest you know uh lost model and yeah carbon fiber wrap guy yeah. yeah super tech guy yeah and usually like what type of music do you listen to it'll yeah. all go, kind of go hand in hand yeah know, it's so funny things. yeah but yeah like even skateboarding especially because you know in surfing, there isn't that many, I think, offshoots of, of like styles, right? Surfing's there's a couple, but not as many as like in skateboarding. I feel like. Yeah, you're either kind of like an air guy, or like a power turn guy, or a see like a steezy soul guy, yeah. right? Like that's kind of the three, yeah. maybe. And I think a lot of it has to do with like personal physique and like how you identify sure. with somebody yeah, like yeah. you know kind of what feels like cause, whatever because like music is. in in music's a style you know like it's you got to resonate with that you know the yeah. certain music turns you on yeah. you know style same thing like in whether you're goofy or regular you're going to identify to you know certain styles of athletes and if you're tall and lanky you're probably going to want to emulate the guys that are t- 
Paul and Lanky because they're doing it the best. Yep. Yeah. You know, and if you're short and stock, you know, like, so you, there's that play too along with the music. No, you're right. That's why I liked Kareem Campbell because he was tall and lanky. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I can do it. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I, and it's if all he can about, do it, I can yeah. do it. It's all like even to the clothes you wear, to the music you listen to, you're all kind of peacocking to let other humans know what type of person that you are. Yeah. Right? For sure. But so it's, it's kind of funny that if you look at a skateboard crew, there's way more diversity in there. Oh, fuck like, yeah. You know, styles and looks and... Yeah, it was cool. Like, you didn't just hang out with... Like, if you were a tech guy, you didn't just hang out with tech guys. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. two Hessian kids. There's the tech guy. Like, there's yeah. the gangster kid. Like, whatever. You were just skating, you know? Yeah. It was, it was fun. And it comes back down to the, the, the sponsor. You know, like the... It's decks and shoes and hard goods for skaters. And it's, you know, it's more apparel-driven on the, on the surf side. Like, big, you know, branded, like yeah. apparel brand. So, they're kind of stuck you know having to promote and wear you know where skaters kind of like well i got my shoe and i got my deck i could you know you could kind of be a little bit more creative and yeah you know a little bit more personal yeah that's true like um right like if you're a billabong team rider you're kind of stuck wearing billabong quick server same thing for sure or whatever and they you know outside of a couple brands you know they're pretty much there's not a lot of differentiation between like the looks yeah Right, like yeah, it's got to be hard too. So especially if you're like, if you do surf well, but you want to be more of like a hipster dude, but the only person that wants to sponsor you is Billabong, and you're like, oh shit, right? I can't wear. You're kind of stuck. (laughs) I want to wear vintage tees and fucking dickies and big logos and like jockey stuff. Yeah, like clothing on the skater side is kind of like down the totem pole when it comes down to like major sponsorships. Yeah, you know, so they can be like, I don't even need a clothing sponsor if you have successful other branded, you know products yeah i didn't even think about that you're right so then they could just like wear whatever speaking of sponsors did you ever get sponsored yourself or no no it was just like i got flow from like friends that were sponsored you know what what age did you transform from boogie to surf like uh, right at the end of high school. No, right at the end of high school. Actually, oh, wow. so I was I was on surf. Class. Yeah, dude, I was in surf Woo! team, surf class, still boogieing. I was like me and like five other guys. <laughs> well, they so need that. Like, yeah, for sure. Whatever. They, they uh, need and it. then I was just like, what am I doing? And I only drop need, and it was just like, what the fuck? I just eventually started longboarding. That's what it was. I was like, oh, this is more fun. And then like got boards got shorter and shorter. And I was like, yeah. oh, dude, like this is. I could go faster. I could go I faster could and actually put it on the rail and yeah. do turns, which I was doing drop kneeing, but you were just, the, the weird thing was transitioning is when you're drop kneeing, everything's so heavy on your front foot when you do a turn. When you do a turn, you're whipping, you're putting all your weight on your front foot, you know, and kind of when you're surfing, you're putting more of the weight on the back foot. That was like the yeah. only kind of transition thing that was weird. But, and like thinking about just getting barrels, that was kind of the thing. Like we only kind of chased shore break and just kind of getting barrels, Not right? Stand up. Yeah. yeah. And then you get like one of those and you're like, oh. This is Pumping fucking awesome. Yeah, this is like I get why I was getting. Yeah, I get why I was getting kind of roasted for a while. But well, it, plus so you're, is what it was. you know, you're you're drop me bodyboarder, but that's even better than just bodyboarding, right? Well, all my homies' things are just like, bro, you're halfway there. Yeah, just stand well, the fuck up. Yeah, but I, it was just going back to like everybody surfed so i wanted to do something different just like the music like we're not just going to be a reggae band like i don't think we're a reggae band at all we're not a hip-hop band you know we don't just do one thing like everything i do if you i couldn't i don't think i could just write uh unless i'm writing for somebody else i don't think me personally could just write one genre of like we're going to do this song this way like if somebody hey let's do a country song for dirty heads i would i have to 
can change it. You have to, have to twist it somehow. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like in my nature to do that. I think that's where I like looked at bodyboarding as it was just like kind of rebelling against whatever he was doing. But yeah. then started surfing was like this is way more fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. For me personally, I remember you know my first wave and going, holy shit! You know, this is way more closer to skateboarding because I was in the skateboarding yeah. first. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean the thrill and the elation you get when you finally stand up and you're pumping down the line. Yeah. Right? You're just like, holy yeah. shit. I, and I think because bodyboarding took like a, it was kind of second to skating. Yeah. Like skating was the only thing I gave a shit about until I found music. Yeah. I was probably 16 or 17. Like I wanted to be a pro skater. I wanted to get sponsored. That was going to be my life. It was like that or go to art school. And then I found music and I was like, oh, this is it. And then just everything was like, fuck it. Yeah. And like I was surfing in, I, I was bodyboarding. We still like longboard when it was smaller and like surf a little bit here, there. But that was always kind of secondary to, to skating. And then yeah. it was secondary to, to music. And now, um, and then once I did start surfing, it just kind of became, everything else started kind of fading away. And then surfing just kind of became like, other than music, kind of the, my biggest hobby. Yeah. You know. Surfing is a hell of a drug. That's the fucking best. That. Yeah. Well, well, music too. Like I think that junior high adolescence where you start getting exposed because you're kind of locked in with what your parents listen to and then what's on the radio. You know, you don't really have the freedom as much unless you're really diehard young. Yeah. But you know, you're in that kind of like junior high, high school is but, when you. But start like junior high is yeah. You know, you start you're listening to other. And friends and especially right. at high yeah. school you get freedom you start going to concerts and you you know you're kind of on your own you're hanging out with your friends more than your, your your parents and you know like other things and that's when it just starts exploding so you didn't uh what was your first instrument i've never played an instrument still don't wow yeah i don't i don't i don't play any, i don't want to fuck up the dynamic yeah it's pick, weird pick an instrument yeah if you don't know, and, and, and try to figure out which instrument this guy plays, besides the skin flute, all right? Like, Why do you have to bring that up? No, the show's not about just kidding. me. Let's just say it's part keyboard. No fucking way. Part. <laughs> no way. Part air. It, it, but can you actually play the accordion? Yeah. For 12 fucking years. Whoa, bro, did you take, like, lessons? Yeah. Were you like, I'm going to pick it? When did you start? I did not did you pick start? it, first off. Was this when you were Third a kid? grade. Okay. My mom, my neighbor. This, who the fuck played Jared. the accordion? Right. Mm -hmm. We thought that shit was dead and gone. It was like pirates and then you, and that's been it, dude. <laughs> or you grinders. Yeah. So, so, so grinders, that's your, my neighbor, that's your band name. So my good. neighbor had... Accordion. Yeah, the kid, his name is George. He was playing the accordion. My mom thought this would help keep me out of trouble. And sure. Yeah. That's fucking, hey, the logic is there, I right? Tracks. fucking tried to quit plenty of times. Oh, and shit. my mom literally kicked me out of the house. Over for, accordion? Over accordion. <laughs> it was nuts. It's a this crazy story. Hey, I missed an accordion <laughs> A uh, recital or something? Yes. Not a recital, but a, le a, a lesson. Okay, yeah, yeah. I went to a, a Valentine's party. This is sixth grade. I went to a Valentine's party, told my mom the address to the place, to the house. She couldn't find it. I missed the, the, the lesson. She got pissed at me, and I had long, beautiful locks. <laughs> And she fucking cut, cut all my hair off. This is fucking insane. Filipino psycho lady. Oh, okay, all right, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, so, actually, but now that you not like now 
Like it's so much cooler than if you said if you said guitar, drums, or bass. I'm oh. like, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, the fact film. that you can legitimately play the fucking accordion. For Twelve years, is so sick. If he did, I would now. have that shit everywhere. Every party I go to, every meeting, yeah. I'm pissed that you didn't play the I, fucking intro. Like, do you guys have accordion on your intro? <laughs> Bro, I would fucking <laughs> embrace it now. Yes, dude, that shit's so cool. I fucking, yeah. I don't give a shit that hey. people play guitar. Who gives I play Everybody plays guitar. Christmas party. So, sick. So, Service Bar had these big, you know, Christmas parties with all the, the staff and oh, stuff. That's impro- and he, dude, he, he literally, like, he practiced, like, quite a bit to, to, to do a song. And he freaking 12 years, up. bro. Yeah. It was brutal. That's cooler than any fucking instrument you could have said. No. That's so no. legit. Right? Yes, dude, it's sick. You know what? We I give him crap for it, but it's, like, super, like, it's got to be crazy hard. Uh, so, oh, we <laughs> just dropped our new time. album, right? Midnight Control. And Congrats. there was this one, there's a song called Island Glow. And it's like, a, it's a pirate story that like we wrote a pirate story to Epic. this song, right? And we had this one part where there's this like kind of B part to the core, like a, a post-chorus, right? And there was a couple sounds that we tried and nothing was working. And I was like, dude, it's a fucking pirate song. <laughs> like, let's use an accordion. And my producer was like, no way, too hokey. Like, there's, it's too on the nose. And we did it, and it's fucking epic. It's everybody's favorite part, and we left it in there. And if I knew that you fucking played accordion, hey, you know we just play played it. it on the keys. I would have got live accordion in the hey, fucking studio, dude. Just, okay, just I'm like, going to find that, that song, and I'll you'll play hear it. that at the beginning. It's just one part. It's so catchy. Okay. Well, well just like it. you did the, the, the vacation transition challenge, maybe you could do an accordion challenge and he could kick it off. And we'll just, every kid that's just down in the dumps right now about their mom making him play accordion just be like, fuck yeah. But, I, you know what, I dude, think those are extinct. I think it's just got to be the states. No, because if you go to fucking Mexico, I feel like accordion's like the instrument. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, dude. That's so sick. I'm going to check eBay, right, eBay right now. Accordion, yeah, accordion you got to get an accordion test. Yeah. So, but I just thought so it was high interesting. school, you finally transitioned to longboarding? Uh, yeah, just kind of, just got, a, just, the bodyboarding thing just kind of was, de- like, so I got, we got in a fight, and, uh, and surf class and I was, was getting in trouble and like a bunch of shit so I got kicked out of surf class and had to do like track or something like that and then I was like fuck this kept skating and then eventually found music and that's when I kind of just stopped boogieing at all and then when I got back in the water it was surfing I was like I'm gonna start surfing you know yeah. and then just from there on out I was like why wasn't I doing this in the first place but whatever I was in the water you know it's kind of I still knew the, the cool thing is is, is that I still, I still, I still had everything from bodyboarding. Where to be, you know, like getting yeah, fucking the, the ocean like, knowledge. Exactly, and like, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. The That's exactly the perfect way. I was like, okay, I'm just not. I don't get to be lazy and kick with my fucking legs anymore. Yeah. What what kind of longboard did you get? Uh, the first board I had, I think, was my uncle's old Bruce Jones. Yeah. Nice. And then I started getting ECs, and then slowly just started getting into like more short boards and lost guys are my buddies and then now i'm riding a seaside which is like my favorite rob machado shaped me the seaside that i had because i couldn't find any um and that's probably my favorite board and then this twin fin hoffman the 62 twin fin hoffman that i got from Caden's probably those are like probably my two favorite boards i don't even fuck with short boards anymore yeah you know it's either that or the other one so have you tried any stamps i have not i have not it's usually because i'll know somebody that knows them you know yeah. and i'll know the shaper and that's I'll get a board. One one suggestion to add to your quiver is the Tim Stamps spark plug. It'll change your life. All right. That's how I felt about the Seaside. I was like, what? When Whoa. people say, like, oh, this board's super skatey, I've never really had a board that was skatey. Like, I got the Seaside and was like, fuck. Yeah. This thing does whatever I want, whenever I want. Like, it's so fun. Super no, skatey. 
there's no bad boards anymore, pretty much. There's like, a lot of good boards out there. there I mean, there but are. The spark plug, bro. Yeah. I mean, you I have, have one. one. Fuck yeah. They're in head high and under. It's the best board you okay. can have in terms okay. of okay. Especially like the outside and the inside yeah. forms. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Like it's, the board just flows. I think it's a lot. What, you, what you're on, it, it just <clears throat> flies quick. Yeah, I just want to get in waves it's and go fast. Paddle's and good. Yeah. It's got the yeah. you know forward volume, but but it turns when you want it to turn where you want it to turn. Yeah, yeah that's like, how I feel. That's you know, so it's got the best of both worlds. It's yeah. super drivey and fast. Paddle's great because it's flat, but then when you want to like do a real turn, it can't. Like, yeah. are you guys sponsored by Stamps? Is that why you're doing this? No, no. Just trying just to pump your get your own quiver, just get you free know, boards from get Stamps. Some I get it. Yeah. Stamps. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dude. Hooking you I up. also have a, a, another recommendation. Xanadu. Xanadu. Uh, his board is called the Zip that I, uh-huh. I ordered for myself. It's five six. It's fucking almost like it's like two and three quarters. Inch. Yeah, that's how my seaside is. It's Bro. five six. I think it has thirty four liters. It, my, yeah, mine's like thirty something. Yeah. But that thing works insane. Okay. But the the Tim Stamps spark plug is pretty fucking. I'll check it out. I'll see if yeah. Kaden has them. Yeah, we we like boards. Obviously. I understand. And you gotta have. I don't need a new one right now. Well, I just did. You know, to stay motivated, to stay stylish. Right. Have one for right. every condition. You know, like whether it's even multiple boards for you know Huntington yeah. or Southern California. It's rarely like bombing and, yeah. and going off to where you need a high performance board. The older so the I've cruiser. gotten, the more open my mind is to riding different surfboards. Yeah, because yeah. you just want to have fun. I'm like, what yeah. am I doing? I don't, I don't, I'm not well, trying to get like sponsored. Like, I have three boards point. in my car almost at all times for, for any condition. Yeah. I rode that 6'2 twin fin on that big day, like yeah. Monday or whatever, and it was fucking perfect. It was so fun. Yeah, because you got time to get into everything. Yeah, that's just kind of drawn out. That's a yeah. big twin fin. It was fucking rad, man. Because your, your your regular one would be like five, 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 six, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So this was a six-two twin fin, probably thirty-six liters, and it worked so good. Because I only kind of surfed it in like smaller, fun days where I could just get into everything. I was like, well, oh, this thing works in big ways. I picked up a mid length like about a year ago, six months ago, maybe a year ago. Best thing. They're the best ever. I mean, I guess the six two is not mid length, but so it's, it's kind of yeah. It's six eleven or six eleven and a half, something super funky. Anyways, uh, I saw Machado twin fin. No, it's two plus a single one. fin, but it has trailers oh. on the side. And I saw Machado's Sunday board, right? That like oh yeah, you know, it's kind of the mid length or yeah. And I'm like, that looks so fun. And I was surfing Rincon, which is the best way in California when it's on and it's so hard to catch waves because everybody's on like bigger boards unless you're a freaking local and you're just doing the the run around and I was fucking pissed I'm not catching that many waves because I'm not you know you when you catch a wave you want to be on a high performance board because it's such a perfect coping and transition punker Pat comes running by on like one of his you know retro length boards and he was just doing this out in the lineup. Just kept catching waves, catching waves. And I'm like... But not running? Well, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. But, like, he was just caught a lot of waves. And I'm like... And he rides, like, a fucking seven. So, seven. I'm, so I'm like, I'm going to get a board like that. <laughs> no joke. I took it out there. First wave, it's like, you know, fuck, am I going to be able to, like, turn this, like, mm-hmm. how I want to yeah. turn? Fuck. Who shaped turned. that one? Stamps. Stamps. Yeah. So fast, you could stay, you know. Single fin with two Two little side baby bikes. side trailers, and it's got a pretty good, um, you know, size single fin. And 
it turns and goes fast and kills it. And then I took it down to Las Gaviotas and I rode it at Malibu, you know, like just the spots that are kind of like, you know, maybe it's not enough energy when, you know, yeah. slower. So fucking good. I, yeah. I, I, again, like you said, Lyndon, not opposed to changing up yeah. and adding a few different like alternatives in oh, the lineup. I love it. Yeah. It kind of just puts you in a different, it's like, like I said, like you always have the most fun when you bring out your soft top. So I was yeah. like, why, you know why? Cause you don't give a shit. So I'm like, I yeah. need to start surfing boards that like I give a shit less about, you know, when yeah. I take out the driver, I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on my turns today. Okay. I'm going to compare my turns to fucking Simpo and Wardo and all these fucking, you know, and Teddy and all the guys. And I'm like, I'm not, what am I fucking doing? I don't even surf like that. I don't like surfing like that. Like I yeah. naturally kind of surf in the middle. So bigger, like more, yeah. Like wider boards are fun because I like to highline. I like to go fast. I like to draw everything out. Like I surf a little slower. I don't want to be so jittery. Yeah. Like fuck short boards. Yeah. Go fast like, and you're happy. Yeah. yeah. Get so, barrels. So surfing took over. Did you go on any surf trips when you were grown or younger? Um, we went down to Gaviotas a lot. Probably every like once we all got our license, we would go down to K38 and Gaviotas. My parents would watch a house. Our friends moved to family friends moved to Hawaii and gave us the keys to a place kind of down by K38. And then one of our friends found Los Gaviotas and then we could rent places. And then it was so like cool. every other weekend we were just kind of going down there. How great and then is um, it's so rad. And then I've taken a uh, trip down like the, the 12 hour like long Baja trips. Uh, that was, we scored. Uh, that was really fun. And I've then I that. just fucking found out today I paid, everything was all good for a mentalized trip in September. And, um, What's the name of the boat? It's like the big one. The, Logic? Yeah, it's that one. They fucking double booked us and they canceled today. <gasps> and they're trying to push it back to two. You were just telling me the other uh, Yeah, that was good. Yeah. There's no other dates available? Um, no other time. Like, it's like March and November and we don't want to go and get skunked. Yeah. So we're just kind of like, we don't know what to do at Damn. this point. Well, my thing is, is I have June, July, August, and usually September, I'm tour. on tour. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I called the band, I called my manager, and I was like, this is a once a lifetime yeah. trip, I'm going on this boat trip, do not book anything I, around it. I'll so. have to do some research, I think I've done a couple of like, late November. That's October. what Mother's saying. Yeah. And I don't think he could, and I still, and, and we got, we got waves. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of saying, it's like, and it might be a little secret. Boats. Yeah, it might be a little secret. Very, very empty. Yeah. 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 I'm down. Have you been? Yeah. No. Oh my I think. No. Just Hawaii. He's been a bunch, I've been yeah. once. Out of, you know, and I've done some really early ones, like March or April, I think April, May, you know, and the winds weren't as good and it wasn't as consistent. I think kind of that if you're going to choose between going early or late, late, late. would be better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we so went in October, right? End of September, October? I think, yeah. It was like September, end of September. Yeah. I mean, they, they started looking today, like just to see what it was now. And it was, it was, it's good this week. It's good next week. It's good yeah. the week after. So I was, because fuck, we're all ordering boards. I ordered three boards from Lost. I got like the driver step up, the driver yeah. 3.0, the mini driver. I was like, cause my friend that shapes for, um, for Lost, it's, uh, these, they're in a band called Tunnel Vision, really cool, killer kids. And, uh, he was like, I just got back. I'm just going to shape you the three boards that I have. I was like, perfect. So it's like, so I he, three he already boards. got tuned up on them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, there. fuck, I have three boards coming from Mentalize. And they just called me canceled but i guess we'll either push it to two to 2024 20, or go in november so we'll see even if you push it if you need some recommendations so no on other october? places to go let me know that's what i was thinking maybe just going down to central america in the time being you know no october yeah. um openings uh, no he said march and november next Gosh. yeah 2000 well, november's not yeah. bad yeah we'll see yeah. november it's sessions four. november sessions <laughs> <laughs> well i i would definitely have you been no 
You're but we'll go. get out there. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I jumped in last minute. Like these guys have been waiting for four years. They booked it before COVID. Yeah. I, they, like one of the guys just fell out like two months ago, and I just hopped in. So I'm not that disappointed. Yeah. They're like, fuck, our our money's probably gone. <laughs> you know, like we we have to go whenever they like. They're kind of like up to the mercy of the guys, yeah. the logic guys. Yeah. Well, It'll happen though. Yeah. There's no. Uh, it's definitely a trip of a life. It'll happen with yeah, or without yeah. me. That's what's yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. So it, it's just, yeah, wait or go, you know, like there's yeah. no, if there's no bad November is open, you should take November. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, the winds are, are light. Yeah. There's the, the crowds are light. Yeah. Because that's the thing about the Mentwise. If there's two boats or three boats, that's the max. If there's more than that, you're fucked. Yeah. And you spent all that money just to, to serve Southside Yeah, hunting. fuck that. <laughs> fuck no. no. <laughs> yeah. I'd just be like, let's just find somewhere else. It's I fucking perfect. smaller. Especially yeah. if you get the wrong boat, you know? Yeah. Oh. I think that's what everybody was well, pumped on. Well, there's too many aggressive, bad. you know, people. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There, there's, I've been on really great boat trips. And what I mean great is food, which is super important. And a captain that knows the fucking conditions and where to be and talks to other boats and make sure you're not showing up at a spot with four boats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I've been on super slow boats, but they had killer speed. But, you know, like everybody's like, I want the, like the, you know, the logic is insane. You know? Oh, for sure. But there's, there's, they figured out, like, if I have a slow boat, then they had a kick ass speed, you know? Like we were on a Bing Tang. I think it's a sailboat. I think it went motored six eight knots like swells past you yeah it's like fucking and then when they put the mass it maybe go like 12 not you know like still super slow but their speedboat was like they had like fuck three like two or you know 200s on the back thing would do like 50 60 knots that's sick in the in the right conditions so the boat we would jump would jump in the speedboat and then we would depending on the condition be like hey the winds swell so and so we would go from macaronis to hts which is like a three hour like boat ride we'd be there in 30 minutes whoa that's cool Damn. and then yeah. our big boat which we were in this fucking tank it would take like five hours so they would just load up food beers drinks extra boards everything and we load up and we fucking jet there and then it would pull up you know like later in the at day at the end of the session because they do all the driving at night yeah. yeah so it's like the experience it's of so the beautiful the people there. like the the sky the yeah. island the you're scenery. not making this cancellation anymore <laughs> <laughs> well it's making you want to go more, no we'll go for right? sure but they do all the big driving at night and stuff you know they, they pull up and then most you know most of them are pretty on yeah you probably smoked yeah. every night just surfing all day I was pretty excited it's it's the best yeah. Yeah. Um, so in high school you, you, you're, you're skating you start getting into music yeah and I had like, no pl- it was like I didn't even start getting into music it was like just a shotgun to the face you know like I had no I, I still feel weird when it's like people what do you do I'm like I'm a musician I'm in a band I'm a songwriter I don't fucking know I didn't plan on this yeah. you know I never I didn't like this wasn't the plan that wasn't your career up. path no it's like yeah I was just like I was art school or skating but it was probably art school I was doing a little bit better with that 
And then I met this dude, Dustin, one day at a house party, and he had these fucking cassette tapes of these, like, Weird Al Yankovic raps. It was just, like, these hilarious, like, 16-year-old, what you'd think a 16-year-old kid would rap about, like, shooting machine guns, fucking dildos for bullets. Yeah. It's Dustin. And just, like, jacking off in the tub, and, like, tits, and how gangster we were, in, the, in like, a funny way, right? I was like, this kid's fucking hilarious. So we would go over to his house in a soundproof garage, and we would just make these absurd raps, just, like, these super offensive, absurd raps to try and make, the, like, the crew laugh. There was like 12 of us, and then everybody one by one slowly stopped showing up, and like, it was just me and him, just Wait, writing stupid slowly shit. Slowly stopped showing yeah, up. Like, like, we we had, these so guys were on a different dumb. level. Yeah. yeah, and then we were like, all right, and then we were like, fuck. I feel like you're pretty good. He was like, you're pretty good too. And we both really liked it. You know, so he, he was already in a punk band. His brother was in a band. His mom sings. Like the, his whole family is like super musical. musical. Yeah. And I just like fell into so this. So wait, what like, grade what? is this? This was my freshman year. Oh shit. Yeah. His sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. And we started So you're young. That. You're like. Yeah. 15 or 16. Yeah. So, so technically he, if that's it. So I'm he had that kind of music background. Setup, yeah. In the setup. Mm-hmm. So you just show up and you're like, but this rapping, is awesome. like comedically. Yeah, and then what I would do is I would like, so I would listen to like, like um, Mickey Avalon. No, way more offensive, like way more juvenile, like literally about like m- how my jizz tastes fucking like glitter and like my, I got knives for hands and I'm, you know, my dick's as big as my leg and like, you know, it was just all stupid Adolescent, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just fucking dick jokes and fart jokes, right? Just trying to make the other guy laugh. But then we were like, man, you're kind of good. At it. You're actually like pretty it good. It sounds good. <laughs> you change the words around yeah. and be like, hey, we got something. And right? I would, I would so practice who, at home. Who, who like famous is doing this? Nobody. I didn't. Nobody at the time. No, we didn't know. We were just. We didn't even think about it. You know. Um, yeah, and I would like. I would. Um, I'd. Rem- I would like memorize a lot of the like Wu Tang raps or like the the Charlie Tuna J Five raps, and then I would take the cadence and I would change their words and I'd use my words, and that's how I started like practicing having to get like cadences down and mm. like stops and things like that. Like just just getting wordplay right because I was like started to take it serious you know and all i was was like the rapper right and then it slowly because we were like dude you're fucking good you're good let's start a band rapping is such a weird thing and and the like in your opinion what makes a good rapper the way that he spits out it's it's, yeah it's very personal opinion because for me i'm a lyrics guy right like there's not a lot of kids out there that are doing shit that i like like j cole jid like if you're not saying something like all the mumble shit I don't give a fuck a lot of the trap shit it's just fake and kind of like you know we know it's entertainment you didn't really live that life so like "Eh, it's okay but yeah like if you can even dudes like Drake if you can add melody to your cadence that's like it's huge you know because if you can kind of and if you can and if you can have something original to your cadence because there's it's been done everything's kind of been done right and I think that's another thing that's fun for me is, is, is every song about every subject has already been written so there's been a million love songs there's been a million breakup songs there's been a million fight songs there's been a million happy songs so it's like okay how the fuck do we say this without saying it like that's a cool piece like that's a cool challenge for me that's what i liked but i liked rapping because one it came natural and two you can you fit a lot in rap huh already like you're already into rap I was already into rap, yeah, like just from skating, you know, yeah. like that's the music I listened to. That's how yeah. I identified as a skater was I listened to hip hop. Like, I, yeah, I listened to Slayer and like Metallica and like little Hessian shit, but I wasn't like a Hessian guy, right? I would like, I wanted to be identified as like a tech hip hop guy, right? Yeah. Um, so I was already a fan, but so 
when I started, it came really natural. And then I realized that you can fit a lot and you can tell stories. And, you know, it's like if you look at poetry and it's a really long poem, you're like, fucking, this is boring. What the fuck's going on? Or like songs where you're singing it, you can only fit, you know, eight words in this four bars where I can fit 16 words in this, you know, so I can get a lot more in. Yeah. So like telling the story and just like, it just came more natural to me, so you know. You were into art. Yeah. As at that age. Yeah, like drawing comics. I was either going to be a tattoo artist. I went an apprentice at a tattoo shop or I was going to look at like inking comics or going to art, looking at art school. I, I had like, a, they were looking at me for a scholarship and then I said, fuck high school. I didn't show up for government. Like I just, it was a joke to me. So I just didn't graduate and I didn't give a fuck. And luckily I found music at that time. Because art just is yeah. like another like platform where there's so many subcultures within. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like. And it's opinion. Sure. It really is. Yeah, it really, but it's really like is. What, yeah, like, you know, what kind of art are you a fan of? You know? Yep. Like, so, so, ninth grade, you meet Dustin, yep. rapping in his garage. Yep. You're making offensive, comedic... Dick raps. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah just raps, yeah. Yeah, then, but it sounded really good. We were like, "You're good, yeah, this is good." Can we change the lyrics? And we listened to a lot of Beastie Boys, a lot of Sublime, a lot of Far Side, and a lot of really old reggae, like on vinyl, you know, like a lot of old DJ stuff. And I think we were like, "Hey, why don't we just kind of do what feels right?" And he had an acoustic guitar, and he was in a punk band, but it just naturally came to us, right? This kind of sound. The first two songs that we wrote, this 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 kind of like acoustic folk like looped hip-hop stuff where there was singing and rapping that we hadn't heard before we're like this is kind of original we started playing shows around here like at mahe at the sushi place or at like little bars and Wait, we started playing shows yeah that was our first shows at mahe in that little tiny room and we would play shows with just a percussion player me and duddy a guitar and, a, and just a djembe what was the other spot uh, like it was martini corner. blues and it? it was it was martini blues for a while then it was the brig for a while brig. yeah yeah yeah. it was places like that yeah just local bars right and we'd start packing them with our friends and at, then daddy ninth grade yeah no this was uh this was by senior year okay yeah so we just fucked around from from freshman year to senior year we didn't take it serious i think after we we graduated and both of us kind of like what are we gonna we do, do? It was like, I want to play music, you know? And then we started taking it serious. And Duddy, like, was, would hustle, man. He came up with this idea to rent party buses and bus everybody from Orange County up to the Roxy. And we started doing that multiple times because we'd sell it out, right? So we would just, he would fucking call all of our friends and say, hey, I've got 30 spots in this party bus or 60 spots in this party bus. And, and we'd get, like, four or five party buses. And Dustin would go around and collect all the money. And we would bus all these kids up That's to the Roxy. That's so smart. And we'd sell the Roxy out. So all these people in L.A. were like, who the fuck is this band selling out the From Roxy? Orange County. Every, yeah. Like a little Lately. underground. Yeah. And all so, these people are showing up. Yeah. So hold on. That's fucking you genius. You graduate school. You're going to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. And did you form a band? Yeah. 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 At that time, like right, right around senior years when we'd start playing shows and we we're like, okay, the Dirty Heads name, we had our style, we had a set, we had How many multiple people? songs. It was me. At first we were doing acoustic shows. It was me, Dustin and John John, our percussion player. And then we got a DJ and then it was just a DJ playing the, like playing the tracks. Okay. John John playing percussion. So before. Yeah. There was only four your, guys. Your first show ever was at Mahe? Yeah. It was an acoustic show. Yeah. And, and what, you were still in school. Um, I don't remember. I think we were out of school. Okay. Yeah. So, but we played we played high school parties and shit like that. Okay. So tell us about like the very first high school party. Like I don't remember the first show that I remember was Mahe's. That was really? the first one that I remember. Okay. Yeah. 
And you, did you have like a, a string of songs or yeah, yeah. was it what you were doing, rap and? Yeah, we had this thing called the Dirty Demo, which you can, I think you can get online and it's like six songs. And we went, you know, we went to this producer in his in a garage, and we just Dustin would write these really like really cool, very duddy. Like you know, when you hear Jack Johnson, you know it's a Jack Johnson lick. Yeah. You hear Jimi Hendrix, you know it's a Jimi Hendrix lick. Yeah. When Duddy writes a part, you know it's a Duddy part, and that's why I fucking love because it's original. All our shit's just very, very original. We can do all sorts of genres, but when you hear Dirty Heads, you know it's fucking us, and yeah. I'm proud of that, right? Yeah, like, for so sure. he was just writing these really catchy guitar riffs acoustic guitar riffs and then this producer would kind of put hip hop beats behind him and then John John would come and put percussion behind it and that was our show so you're That's you're bad. starting to play at high school parties yeah and like I know you don't remember but like when you the first party or the second party were you like fuck these guys these kids like us like we're kind of good yeah no you know what it was it was Dustin's older brother had a band HB Surround Sound and we would I get we would get up and we would play two songs with those guys. You the opening act. No, we'd play in the middle of their set. Oh. They would play like three or four songs. We would come up and that's like, that's actually where the Dirty Heads name came from. I've, I've lied in a million interviews about 10,000 ways we got this name and it's not. We just had one song called Dirty Heads and we would play that during his brother's set and then people were like, hey, play that Dirty Heads song. And we were like, that's our name. Yeah. You know, so we would actually kind of, yeah, sound. we would, we piggybacked onto those guys. Do you remember I, that name? I, I, I do. Totally remember that name. Yeah. 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 And so, so we would play with them. Yeah. And then we were like, I remember we played the observatory and we were like, this is fucking because amazing. Because observatory. Yeah. On Harvard. Uh-huh. Which was like Club Rubber. But it wasn't our show. It was there. It was his no, brother's but, band but that, show. Yeah. But that's like big stage. Big, oh, for yeah. us, we were like losing it. Yeah. Fuck, and we were like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. We got off stage and I was like, Dustin, this is what I do, want to do for the rest of my life. He was like, me too. That's and so from that day on, like I didn't have any doubts to the, because I knew what we had was super original. I was like, we're going to do this. He's like, yeah, no. I was like, all right. And we told our parents and they're like, okay. what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> maybe it's in the musical, the music industry, yeah. I mean, dude, it's fucking next to impossible. Yeah, it could be hard, yeah. There's millions and millions of artists. There's a lot of music. A lot of musicians yep. that never see the daylight of success. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like it's how many how wild. many like of how many Beatles do you think like not that sound like the Beatles, but how many bands that like, do you think have like come and gone that were as good as Zeppelin, Beatles, Metallica, like just Jay-Z, all these rap like there's probably been numerous yeah. numerous yeah. amazing I mean, artists that to, should have been the best, but like they didn't find a manager, they didn't work hard enough, they got discouraged and they said fuck yeah, it now. Yeah. There's so there's so many it's the people it, pulling <clears throat> that talent into other directions because you know it's Those, it's the it's luck. about being hard-headed and, and knowing and confidence. Yeah. And so the it, luck that you need, yeah. you know, and luck is manufactured. Consistency yeah. and luck. Yeah. And so it's the Working talent. Hard. It's the talent and hard work conundrum, right? Yeah. Like, what's more important for us? We didn't really give a shit. We knew guys more talented than us, yeah. than us but we didn't give a fuck because we knew we'd work harder. You know, we talk about this on the business side. People starting well, brands, not just too. business, but surf, just everything. Think about, think about like you, right? Yeah. He's one of the best surfers to ever come out of Huntington Beach. I agree, man. Right? I agree, bro. Not about me, though, I agree, but man. I got one vote over yeah. here, bro. And like, I agree. His success is pretty good. Yeah. Really good. You saying he should have worked harder? No. Well, <laughs> he should have got a coach. But this compliment got back in. <laughs> really There's coaches back then? Yeah. But, but I thought yeah. you were my coach. So, so you know what I'm trying to say is like he had tremendous talent. But you need something even more. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is. I'm, I'm, I'm not this burning. Is, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm, looking at it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, how many, how, how many professional athletes, yeah. professional surfers, athletes in general, are there in this world? Right. Not very many. Yeah. It's how many hard. successful musicians yeah. and bands are there in this world? Yeah, I mean, well. your, your line of work. There's probably way more casualties. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So many other people that tried to do what you're doing. Yeah. But the, yeah, I'm proud of the guys. But again, we're talking to an artist and musician, and you're talking about surfing. I think it's in every aspect of life Agreed. and career choices and, and talent. Yeah. You know, so it, it it's one of those things where we we there's no formula that if you check the boxes or you do X Y and yeah. Z or A B C and you're gonna be well, successful. And like everybody's path is different. Everything. How you get there is gonna be different. Yeah. So so this is pretty cool. You're, you're, uh, you do all these shows, the high school stuff. Yeah, Mahe. You're, you're, playing, yeah. you're playing with HB Surround Sound. You have a song called Dirty Heads that turns into your name. Yep. And then you start, so you would be playing at the Roxy? Yeah, we were sh just shipping our fans up to the Roxy. We were just shipping our friends to the Roxy to make it look like we fucking just crushed. Yeah. And like LA Who gave you that guy's, that, that, yeah. you guys that idea? I have no idea. That was Dustin. He just like came up with it. He was just like, like yeah, I gotta get it. Because that's genius. <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, you know that's a hot spot. Yeah. To, to, and we know to get noticed. There's eyes on it at There's the time. eyes on yeah. it. But how do you pack the house and you're coming from down here? Well, first off, nobody wants to drink and drive. How do you, how do you book the Roxy? Uh, fuck, uh, Dustin did it all. I don't know. He probably <laughs> called him and said, hey, I got 500 kids that'll show up. And they said, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Roxy is, yeah. everyone knows in, yeah. in, the, in the LA scene, in the music scene, Roxy is yeah. a stepping stone to the next thing, right? And to, to make that uh, appointment or like connection and go, hey, we're this band called Dirty Heads from Huntington Beach. And then they go, okay, well, hey. I mean, how many bands hit them up, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's where the hard work and the hustle and, like, just yeah. marketing grit and, like, us not giving up. Like, Dustin just figured out a way to fucking get to the promoter. And get to was Nick. it like, pretty you know? quick in your history? Like It was extremely quick. From, from when we graduated high school to when we got signed with Warner Brothers was three years. Fuck. Yeah. And then it was one year from when we got dropped from Warner Brothers because streaming <laughs> showed up and they didn't know what to fucking do. It was like, we got we got signed to Warner Brothers and I was like, gold Lamborghini, buy my mom a house, let's fucking do cocaine. Where's the hookers and the heroin, right? I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then like six months later, it was like Napster, fucking pirate, pirate bit, like all this shit. And, and Warner Brothers was just like, we don't know what to do with you guys. We're losing so much money by the fucking hour. Like we're dropping all new acts, and we we're like, "Fuck!" We didn't. Before know what to we do get yet. to that, holy part shit. of yeah, the story, because that's okay. part of yeah, yeah. So, so you play Roxy. Is yeah. that is that your first big? The Roxy was, I would yeah. think, yeah, yeah. And how was the the first show? It was like, sick. It was just a bunch of a bunch of our drunk friends. Yeah, you know, doing what like we knew they were gonna do. So yeah. we were just like they were raging. We knew it was gonna look good, and some you know some people showed up and that kind of got eyes and ears on us you know and then that that's that's what got us a manager within a within a year of us probably graduating high school wow. a year or two yeah that's so the trajectory is so quick yeah to that point you know but we knew it we like knew it was who was happen. in the band who yeah was, uh... this at this time it was it was me duddy john john our percussion player and this dj rocky rock that was it there was four of us at the time and then we just slowly added real band members over the years once we started making money and we were available to do that because we just 
didn't have any money to pay anybody. We so, didn't know how to do it. So Roxy was your first big like marquee, and then and then yeah. what? Like you and got then, the manager. I think we just stayed local at the time. Yeah, and then we just start playing like just L.A. and Orange County and different venues, and we got hit up by this guy named Cheese one day and we thought he was full of shit and he sat us down and we had lunch and we were like, you know, saying that he had ties with Guns N' Roses and Kid Rock and all these music industry people and we were like, this guy's full of shit. Huh. Yeah, and uh, he, he wasn't. Our manager, Cheese? his name's Mike Brown, his nickname's oh. Cheese, yeah. And he, uh, he wasn't full of shit. We were signed to Warner Brothers within probably 12 to 24 months after so signing him. what does that mean? Like, what, what kind of contract and what kind of money? Well, actually, the, co the cool thing about him is he knew this was going to be a hustle. And we had, like, a normal contract with him, uh, which is, you know, 15% or whatever we make, right? Uh, but then we got signed to Warner Brothers, and the, the streaming thing hit, and he knew it was going to be a long road. So he didn't take commissions for seven years. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So, so when – I don't know if you know the details of the contract, but when you signed to Warner Brothers, because mm -hmm. that's a – like that's a huge it was a big deal Did yeah that, that, we got like 250 for the album i think we got 500 grand all together to do the whole album for like just that album cycle three years after you start uh -huh. the band yeah and we spent a year recording the album so yeah so it was, it was we got signed to warner brothers when we were 20 and by our, my 21st birthday we had just finished up the album it took us 12 months to do it and we had like 250 grand to do it and we are just like learning the whole time. That's why it took us so long. Because like I'd never sang before. Like the song Stand Tall is the first song I sang on. It, like that was the one that got in the fucking Penguin Surfing movie. And we are just like learning through this. And like Wait, yelling at producers. They were yelling at us. Your song was in the Penguins movie? Yeah, Surf's Up, dude. We Come fucking we watch that. We just watched Actually, that. Actually, cinematic know, yeah. fucking gold, dude. Yeah. It's a classic. Classic. You just watched it. So we so wait, 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 wait. Your song... Why are you act so surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. I just, I his comments are we just, so fucked. We just watched the movie a fucking month ago. We did, but yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, he said he was a fan at, at, at the beginning of this. I am a fan. Too. Yeah, but I don't know all the details. So, anyways, you so, so you record. You mean the songs? So you record a, an album. Is it totally different from like your your your? Our bedroom, your, dim yeah, your demo. Fucking like, no idea. Like, I there was like so many arguments. Well, you, you just said a funny thing. You hadn't sang before. No, never. <laughs> yeah, never in my life. And they're like, try and sing this, and I was like, no. And I got in there. I was like, okay, maybe I can give it a go. All and you did was rap at the time, and that's like all I wanted to do. You yeah. Know? And they're like, no, your tone sounds good with this. I think I'd came up with a melody or something. You started so seeing like, after you got the contract. Yes. <laughs> And really fucking <laughs> yeah yeah and did you have the album like did you have a, like enough songs to create an album when warner picked you up no like no not at all so, so, so the, 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 the vision was completely different the dirty demo like we didn't have any we didn't have choruses it was a mess it was just like really catchy parts like that, six that, eight songs like, yeah exactly and it was just like these really catchy parts and that's what our manager he's like you have such catchy parts but they're all you have no structure you don't know what the fuck mm. you're doing and we're like you're right and then it's like producers are an album. You know, you're just like, like you got all these chapters. Like you yeah, gotta, where do you put them? How do you structure? And like fun. structure is so cool and fun to me now that I've been doing it for so long and looking at other band structure and looking at song structure. And sometimes it's so simple. Uh, something as simple as just moving the chorus to the front and that'll catch somebody's attention. Taking the chorus away makes it feel different. Do you need a bridge on every song? What you know, working with Dave Cobb. He, he didn't give a fuck about what a chorus was, what a verse was. He's like, don't call him anything. Yeah. And that was really funny. I was like, well, this is the chorus. He's like, I don't fucking care what you call it. I want three to four of the catchiest parts you've ever written in your life. And then they'll decide what the chorus is. Wow. Like, 
Okay. And that was like so you, you know, four years ago. The thinkers, like you had the talent. You had the thinkers from Warner talent, Brother yeah. that just said, hey, they see the talent. There's they something just, here. They're, try, they're trying yeah. to just structure it for mm-hmm. you guys. So we got with some producers and sat in a studio for 12 months and like fucking grinded seven days a week, six, seven days a week. We had nothing else going. Were you yeah. blown away on the studio hey, and shit? I just, it was... It was, it was it was one block away. Shut the front yeah, door. Yeah, it was at the end was? of 17th Street. Yeah, it was one block away. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of 17th Street. 17th Street Studio. And we sat in there for a fucking year. Uh, yeah. Michael McFadden's? Uh, Louie. His name okay. is Louie. That's so yeah. nuts. I don't know his last name. Richards. Louis Richards. Yeah. It, it blows me away, again, what you get, a contract with fucking <laughs> Warner Brothers. I, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to fathom yeah you know to get because you have thousands millions of fucking wannabe musicians you know and some of them aren't wannabe some of them are serious diehard you know what i mean artistic people that just don't have the whatever the it factor is and you guys had more it than really i think the originality of it yeah. is what got them. They're like, we've never heard anything like this. And that's been a blessing and a curse our whole career. Because people don't know where to put us. So we just have to make our own lane and stay the fuck in it and we're cool Cause, with that. Because when I think about it, right, like when, when you when you say you got signed and then you, you weren't a singer, yeah, that's a big thing what you do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and sir. you weren't a singer, but you, yeah. you, you get signed by this label. Yeah. And, you know... You had the six songs that you said they they were they were cool and they were catchy, but it wasn't a complete. Yeah, they were willing to develop us. Right. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was like it's like for me when I when I think about it, it's like the car that looks insane, but then you look under the hood and you're like, whoa, they're, a pile of shit. <laughs> Not a pile of shit, but like it's a little oh, guy. Shit, we need to fucking you know. Yeah. Tune it up. Tune this thing up, and I, that's. I mean, we're such, we're, we have no idea what the music industry is like. Right. And that's why we're asking, like, yeah. these it's random questions. It's pretty cliche. Really it's pretty cliche. But we're just thinking, okay, if, if how many besides Warner Brothers are out there going after new talent, you know? Yeah. So they see you, and I'm sure they did their background. They saw you guys they saw selling the Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. They see, and, and again, look, stage presence, being able to handle yourself. Because it's one thing to record an album and have a good thing, but you got to be able to fucking show up to whatever yep. venue and handle that pressure and handle that you know yeah which is so, a big part of it too right? yeah, that's what we i think not didn't save us but that's what we leaned into once we got dropped from warner brothers and and i gotta give credit to warner brothers and tom wally at the time because he was like hey we can take this album and we're gonna use it as a tax write-off anyway and we can take this album and we can put it not in an actual basement but we can shelve it and just put it in a basement it's never gonna see the light of day yeah i'm not gonna do that to you guys this is a weird fucking time Here's the masters. Here's your album. Good luck. Wow. And just pat so they it gave back. you. Yeah. Hey, hats off to them. Yeah. And they, they, been they give you two fifty. We spent two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. We spent it. And, and, uh, and, and so he said some stage presence, right? Yeah. Now, did you did you guys have like an act? Like, did you? That was learned. You know, okay. I and I, like that was just definitely learned over the years. There was guys that I looked up to and. You know, watching other bands, and we did we did Warp Tour, which was fuck 
was so rough, and it was just such a fucking Was that mess. after you got signed? Yeah. And it was Yeah, so after we got signed and dropped, all we did was tour. We just said, fuck it, we're not even going to worry about it, we're just going to put this out on our own, and we're just going to go out and fucking tour. And we, actually, no, we didn't put it out on our own. We toured on an unreleased album for like four years, and all we did was play shows. Um, with, with just the music that you could see at the show. We didn't even have, like, we might have had another, like, EP out from that, you know? Um, and that, and I think shows, like, like festivals, a lot of festivals and things like Warped Tour are really where, I, I, me personally, I got my chops, and I think the rest of the guys, but as a, as a front man, I got my chops, because what I learned from Warped Tour, because most of the people at Warped Tour did not give a fuck who we were and were did not like the music that we were playing, party. was that I don't have to give a fuck about them. I don't have to say shit between songs. I don't have to be funny. I don't have to entertain you if I don't want. I'm you gotta here to fill a time slot. I'm here to play my music, and if yeah. you don't like the music, walk somewhere else. Go get a fucking beer. But we're gonna play the songs that we're playing as well as we can, That's as great. best as we can. And that that like whole kind of a shocker was like, dude, this is gnarly. I gotta really quickly learn how to either win these people over or show them that we're not going anywhere. And that really raised like as a front man, like, oh, okay, I don't have to people please while I'm on stage. I'm just here to play my music. If you don't like it, there's 10 other stages. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Which yeah. is crazy listening to say all this stuff. So going back, you get dropped by yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. How? It's because of Napster. Yeah. They, yep. Streaming mm-hmm. people were just ripping off. People stopped buying CDs. People stopped buying CDs. So yep. they're like, oh shit. We don't know what to do. We got to concentrate have to on Red Hot Chili Peppers, Avenged Sevenfold, all the, the, just the big boys that were making yeah. the money. They had to just save those guys, drop all the new acts. And they, they gave you your, your... They gave us our masters. Your masters, We owned everything. Huge. You're fucking massive. Like, and then, that's forever. So, so you had yeah. to pivot. Yep. You had to pivot and go the, the touring route mm-hmm. to, to, to Which sustain. Which we were planning on doing anyway, but really we had no other choice. To, yeah. to sustain and, and, and make so a living. How? And, did, yeah. your, did your agent get you the work gig? Yeah, our manager. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, are you making... Because the work gig is... Are you making huge? Yeah, having a good manager with connections is, is is a big part of this game. Yeah, you know. But you're able to survive off the warp tour and doing some other shows, and then are you selling CDs or LPs? <laughs> at, yeah, at these events. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you We're say survive, like what do you mean? Yeah, live in yeah. a van for 200 days a year. We were touring yeah. over 200 days a year, well, then, and I lived with my parents and, and, and the guys. Like you know. John John had a job that he could leave. He was like stocking beer at, at Vaughn's, you know, and, and Duddy was like a, a, a waiter or whatever. And and we were just able to make it work when we came home and, and hustle when we came home and do whatever we needed to do, sell weed, whatever the fuck we needed to do while we were home for the 100 days or less than 100 days a year. And we were literally in a fucking 15-passenger van for 200, 250 days a year for four or five years, yeah. seven years maybe. So you, know, you didn't and we have just roadies, you did it all yourself. All ourselves. We yeah. had one guy, maybe one tour manager, you know, that would do sound, and we just fucking grinded. And you were talking about, because uh, stage presence, yeah. charisma, yeah. all Confidence. that shit, yeah. you have to develop that. Sex appeal. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Let your dick fall out. out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, leave the zipper down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <and> oops. <laughs> So what bands were playing with you, or who? who, who there was uh, this band, The Gallows, that I'd go watch every day. And there was this fucking ginger, just maniac hurricane of a man. This fucking dude from the UK, and they're like kind of hardcore punk. And he was just so fucking sick, did not give a shit. He'd run out to the crowd every night, and I just would watch him every day, and I'd just like learn. And I was really like, 
really into Incubus. I want to do that, but that maybe not as gnarly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to be that aggressive. Yeah. That, but look at this guy's fucking confidence. He's jumping in the crowd. He's interacting with his fans. He's like noticing who's giving a shit and going up to him and kind of like having fun and just like watching these different front men. And uh, even Matt from Avenge, that was a friend of mine, they were always, you know, five years ahead of us doing what they're like on the success thing. They would, I'd go and I'd see Matt and be like, they'd sell out Long Beach, fucking the place with the fucking whales on it. What's that? The, the, the center of the yeah. yeah. be like, holy fucking shit, my friends are selling this place out. And it was just inspiring. Or I'd go see Incubus and I'd be like, I like, it was funny, I'd be like, I like the way he puts his hands. I like where he puts his feet. You know, and I'd start like emulating these other front men and eventually be like, this is fucking cheesy. Why am I trying to? Why am I trying to do things like yeah. there? And then you just eventually, I just remember just like dropping my shoulders and being like, I don't fucking care. This is what I look like on stage. This is yeah. how I feel. Whatever the music is making me feel, this is what I'm doing with my body. It's like one of those things where the first couple years, you don't know what to do with your hands. And then you just stop giving shit about your hands because it's not about your hands. Stop thinking about yourself. Just play the fucking music. Yeah. You know? And once you get that, you're like, oh, all I got to do is come up here and play the music that I wrote that I like. And that's when not overthinking it. Not overthinking it, yeah. Because you're 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 analyzing you're learning, you're analyzing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're kind of like And you're young. I gotta and you're be robot you know, yeah. almost comes to be robotic and not free. Yes. You know, you're like, this is a fucking full time job. It's like, no, this is our passion. It should be a lot less work than this. Yeah, there was certain and touring, I mean but at the same time we were young we didn't know any better looking back on it now that we're like we're in a nice cushy tour bus Uh, we get catering every day my family's out there I got my own tour bus we have nice hotels looking back I'm like how the fuck did we do that but at the time I was 21 dude we didn't give a fuck what else were we going to do Yeah, work at a tattoo shop I didn't or I was just going to party at home so we just fucking raged we just partied every night for 200 days a year that's why I'm sober now bro I just fucking did you partied your whole life and just fucking feel younger than most people are going to party in their life you so your your manager, <laughs> Cheese, that was Paul. Cheese says, "Hey, you guys are gonna play the Warped Tour." Right? Yeah, yeah. And you, you've never done a tour before. Uh, we had, had done a yeah, we had done a couple up, up until then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying like, that, was, that was as a front man. I think that was a turning point for me because that was one where people really weren't enjoying our set sometimes, and that's where I was like, "It's okay." That's well, gotta be we, weird, right? Yeah. You, that's you why you're party. <laughs> yeah. At the time, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm going to have drinks. I'm going to use this as a crutch. And, you know, it's just like, one, you're insecure. Two, you it, you think it makes you play better. doesn't. Yeah. You know, it just takes the edge off. And, you know, you're playing to 10 people some nights. You're playing to 100 people some nights. You're playing to, you know, it's 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 so it's hard. It's yeah. Easy. The, the, the lead up to these bigger and bigger venues uh, has got to be like anxiety ridden. Um, yeah, and I was a pretty anxiety-ridden kid anyway, and that, that just, like, fed into it. But it was funny. It was like I was kind of doing it to myself. I, I knew and there was just something about it that I knew we weren't going to quit, and it didn't matter. Like, the anxiety just didn't matter at that yeah. point, you know? Because when, when, you, you know, when you hear that, hey, you're going to do the warp Tour, right? Yeah. And that's pretty huge. Prestigious. Yeah, I was terrified. Huge. Yeah. And then you, 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 like, go, how many people go to that? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you've played big venues but then Warped Tour I think is probably even bigger well, yeah 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 way bigger than the venues we were playing and then but also you know some days you're playing at 10.30 in the morning and there's five people there you know oh, the next shit. day you're playing at 2.30 and there's 300 people there yeah. you know you never so, that's so how the, it was. The, the popularity the more popular you got the better time no, no no it was a fucking roll of the dice every day <laughs> wow yeah 
for the stage that we were on, actually, it was, it was unless you were the, the headliners, you didn't know if you played at 11 that day or two that day or four that day. And then after about four is when like the headliners, would, you know, the headliners would direct supports would start at like five or six. Those guys were kind of set, you know. But everybody else, all the lower bands, every day it switched. And you had to set up your own merch, and you fucking, you had to drive all night. No, no tour bus, no, no driver. You just had to. And this is the thing: is we all would play this game where we'd see who he, you wouldn't, wouldn't see. We'd just you'd try and get more drunk than everybody else, so you didn't have to drive. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I'm super fucked Dude, up. I can't drive tonight. I would yeah. do it all the time. And, like, yeah. I'd be the fucking, who's the best drunk driver? I'd be like, It was fuck. a lot of yeah. that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of road beers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked about merch and selling stuff at these venues because, again, you're probably getting a flat fee, you know? Yeah. It's probably not shit. a It's covering time. gas. And but, but, like, you're not certain, pay for the guys now. But certain venues probably could sell a decent amount of merch or, or not at the time no. we were just grinding at the time yeah but that I mean that that was just one step you know that was just all these little things were just one step one yeah. step just, just one little thing that would break you to go to the next level you know and then from I think from Warp Tour is uh, I'm not sure if Lay Me Down came out before or after but we had done a song with our friend Rome our manager had showed up to K-Rock to talk about Sublime with Rome because they had just been put together and he was talking about Dirty Heads also, and he was like, yeah, let me hear it. And my manager accidentally put this song, uh, an unmixed demo of the song called Lay Me Down on the CD that he was playing that was supposed to come off the album that we played with, that we recorded for uh, Warner Brothers. And he played the first three, and Kevin from Carrock was like, no, not into it. And then the fourth one just came on, and my manager was like, oh, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, this, sorry, this is an unmixed song. This is a demo. I didn't mean to put this on here. And that one was Kevin was like, oh, I want to put this on the radio. And my wow. manager was like, okay. That's when, like, when you're talking about luck, it's all just consistency. It's like consistency and luck, and then these things just kind of just just happen. happen. Yeah. But if you're not showing up, then they're not going to happen. Yeah. You know, if you don't buy a lottery ticket every day, yeah. you're not going to get You'll a lottery. You're not going to win the lotto. Yeah. So we were yeah. just fucking buying tickets all day. But, it, it, and that we song would have probably eventually hit, like, at some point somewhere, you know, but it happened but that, that, was, it that, happened that was, way. And that then that thing, that yeah, and that thing fucking crushed. That thing went to number one. It broke a bunch of records. We were independent. It broke all the independent things. It was above 30 Seconds Mars. It was above fucking Blink, all these other motherfuckers. And that's where we went from, like, 100 kids a night to 500 kids a night you know and then yeah. we are steady 500 kids a night and then that's where we're like okay so this is this is how we do it we fucking keep the blinders on we keep our heads down we keep doing the same thing and these things are eventually just going to keep happening because we're always around we're yeah. always working we're always grinding we're putting out yeah. good music we're not fucking out of sight out of mind these yeah. guys are hustlers they're freaking it's going to turn on mm-hmm. hard work man yeah. hard work beats talent because yeah. I saw talented motherfuckers just boop dropping off boop dropping off and we just keep well that and attitude, and, boop, attitude boop, and stuff and, and being able yeah. to weather you know and be patient and weather the storm like you know because it's yeah and it's like hard to like give somebody advice to be like have a backup plan but like also when you don't have a backup plan you have no choice yeah you know but like i don't know if i'd tell my kids to not have a backup plan but we didn't have a backup plan so it didn't fucking didn't matter yeah it's like we had to make it or not you know and but but we knew the talent was there and we knew that there was something original about our band yeah because we didn't play show we weren't playing shows where people were like uh i don't know these guys are lame we would play shows, and every time we came back, more people showed up. Yeah. We played shows, and every time we got off stage, people were like, yo, I've never heard anything like this. I fucking love you guys. So it wasn't like we were You're living in that some... affirmation and that Yeah, confidence. we weren't like, living in some unrealistic world. We were like, oh, it. this is how we're living. Yeah, yeah. every so, year we would grow, we would grow, we would grow. So Going back to that 
time where the guy played the thank you brother the song did he play it on the radio on K Rock yeah okay yeah and and from there the masses that was one, yeah that was one more that was the first step to get us really to be a um, kind of across the like from coast to coast band we yeah. could do from west coast to east coast we could probably do 500 kids a night and that's where you start making a little bit of a living you can get an apartment you can come home and not you know have to get a job and shit like that yeah yeah because that's like the, the big break right there that was yeah for sure that yeah. was our bit that was our first big break but like when you look at music we don't like to think of it as one big break you you want multiple breaks yeah. you want multiple things to happen throughout your career like vacation was another break and that was what 16 years into our career you know life's been good our last single got to number three that's another break that's 18 years into our career you know like we're cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the fucking little engine that could. Yeah. I want to fucking chug along slowly. Oh, motherfuckers are going to be doing this and this and this, and they're going to end here, and they're going to be fucking all this. No. If it's this until we hit cruise control and quit, yeah, dope. If we end on top, dope. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Jay-Z that shit. Get the fuck out on top. You know, like, you could do this, and then you could fizzle out, and that maybe, maybe you want to fizzle out because we want to tour and so, get away yeah. from the kids and do whatever, but... There's no exit strategy, it's just... We're, we're more hungry now than we were when we were fucking 16. Yeah. yeah. And we were hungry as fuck back then, and yeah. now we know. We're just like, no, we're not slowing well, you, down. Well, you, you, you know the system. Mm -hmm. You know... You know what... We know how to write songs. You know, we're yeah, confident, you're, you're, you know? You're, you're, you're more polished. Yeah. You, you know the system, and you just... It doesn't take... You don't have to go through all those trials and tribulations. Yeah, you're just like, okay, let's just, like you said, put the it's blinders more on. It's right, yeah. And yeah. we have the access. We have the followers. Yeah. If we just put out some other good content, that's another payday. Yeah. Another payday. And it's a couple like, more years, payday. I, I think you get to the point where we're at, and you can either enjoy the, the comfort and get lazy and kind of yeah. die out slowly or you can enjoy the comfort and get hungry because you don't want to lose it and you yeah. want you know to keep growing the drive so in the drive yeah so the k-rock thing was a big break um the warp tour was a grind helped yeah yeah it was a grind it was a grind and, but but that got you in front of a lot of people a lot of kids yeah in, in a lot of states exactly across the country exactly exactly so then and then what about like did MTV play a no, role? No, we missed that. We, we missed, missed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We were late to that. Yeah. So no music videos. So what, what was next after uh, the Warp Tour? Uh, after Warp Tour and Lay Me Down, it was, um, it was just, that was kind of like the building phase. That was when we were building, like the community started growing and we were building that just on a grassroots level. That was Cabin by the Sea and Sound of Change. And we still got radio love. We would always get radio love, you know? And that's what we really like is, there's the reggae rock scene that we literally grew with, right? There was Sublime and Slightly Stupid, and that was kind of it. Yeah. And then Pepper came along and a couple other bands, and then it was just all of us. It was like Pepper, Revolution, Dirty Heads, Iration, Soja. Like yeah, there was, really there was like, oh, there's a scene yeah. here, right? And yeah. now the scene's Cali Vibes, 20,000 fucking people, right? We all grew with that scene, right? But we, a lot of those bands are fantastic bands, and they're very some of them are traditional reggae bands some of them are more reggae rock bands like we don't have a lot of straight reggae songs we're just influenced by it right yeah. so we're able to dip into the reggae rock world and dip out we can play Cali Vibes and we can play Riot Fest we can also play Firefly we can play fucking K-Rock we can play with Weezer but we can also play with Soja you know like we are able to maneuver a little bit more yeah. but that's but that wasn't the 
the game plan. It was like you're just doing just, your own shit, but that has opened were. up so much diversity. Yeah, once we saw it, it became yeah. part of the game plan, right? But it right. wasn't from the. It was just us writing music that we liked. But then we right. saw like, oh, we're able to. But yeah, where you said you, you know you got to get grouped with like-minded, like-sounding, mm-hmm. like yeah. genres and bands, and now you're so like playing all going over the place. back to <laughs> this guy. He's gonna say something. He's gonna say something fucked up. Yeah. Um, so in high school, <laughs> yeah. when you started, no, dropping, I'm, I'm talking about uh, <laughs> penguins. Surfs up. How did that happen? It's so funny. At the time, I was like, we were so young, and I, we were trying to be so like too cool that I was like, no, a fucking animated kids film. This is lame. I want it because you want to be Slater, Machado, you, Sal. You just like, yeah, we want you want to be Kendrick Lamar. You want to be like yeah. whoever. You just want to be the cool. And we're like that we. This isn't who we are. We're a fun fucking party band. We, we talk about positive shit. We're shit you listen to on the weekends when you're on vacation and during the summer. Like, it took me a while to be okay with that because you're always just like, I want to be this, I want to be this. How did too it young. Uh, I don't remember. We probably just kind of shopped it around. Probably our managers are shopping around. I think our producers, actually. Our producers that did the first album, they, they shopped it around. Because they, they're publishing, they were signed to a publishing company. So they gave it to their publishing company because they wrote the songs with us. And then it landed in a and surfs up and I was like kind of against it and then I saw the movie and it was like Jeff Bridges and shit I was like oh this is fucking dope this movie's fantastic yeah. and we didn't think it was gonna help it was a payday because they paid back then movies pay still yeah um, but you get residual it was yeah 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 um, but we didn't think it was gonna help us that much but you have no idea how many motherfuckers are like dude I came to the show because I saw your, your I fucking heard your song in, the, in my kids' fucking <laughs> penguin movie. Surfing, and we were like, fuck, this shit works. Yeah. Like, it totally works. Was that you know? early, early in... Very early. Yeah. So that was around the... Yeah. That might have been before Lay Me Down. So... Yeah. Curious George probably came out before that. Jack Johnson wrote the whole soundtrack. I, I'm not sure. I think it came out after. Was it? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to check right now. So, I just... I mean, again, like... By the way, he's the nicest guy on the face of the planet. We oh, played a we epic. just we played a festival uh, a couple months ago called Levitate, and it was uh, Donovan Frankenrider and us and Jack Johnson. And we've known Donovan before; he rips. I fucking love him. He's like the nicest guy ever, and his yeah. music is awesome. And so we were talking to Donovan, and Jack showed up late because something happened with his drummer and all this stuff. And we didn't think anything of it. Like it's Jack Johnson. We thought he was just going to show up for the tour bus, walk to stage, play the show, blah blah. We get a call the next day. And it's Jack Johnson's tour manager, and he's like, hey, uh, can I get one of the band members' numbers because Jack feels bad that he wasn't able to say what's up to them because he usually likes to say what's up to the other bands that he's playing on the stage with. And we were like, what? He wanted to call us and just say hi because he wasn't able to say hi because there was a bunch of shit going on. Nobody fucking does that. And he called me. He was like the nicest fucking guy ever. And I was like, that's so genuine. It's so nice to have because he's a surfer. Good, normal people yeah. in the music industry. For sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes from a, a great family and surf family and, and construction and lifeguard but it, family. It's not but, a, but it's not some like part of his <clears throat> like sell point, you know? No. It's no. really who he is. He's such a sweet guy. It was Dude, really, really awesome. nice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what do you Chris got? George came out in 2006 and surfs up 2007. So okay. right, pretty much right yeah. there. Wow. Fuck Jack yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he got the whole movie. Yeah, no, like he's, he, dude, like, he's fantastic. That was crazy because, yeah. uh, I mean, again, so we do, um, we play movies on our projector out in front of the, the, the garage for the neighborhood. Oh, so we do it, we do a little like thing and we're talking about a family, you know, because age group and yeah. like, 
what can everybody watch? Yeah. And we did Surf Sob. And it was, I haven't seen it in a long it's time. It's good, right? It's like, actually it's fucking sick. Like, like, fucking yeah. big Z, man. Yeah. It was like, it's it's funny, but yeah, it's just the, the, the music. And then we know all the, the voices in there from Sal to yeah. the Slater and Machado. It's just, it's just classic. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Uh, but what's funny, like full circle is now that Island Glow song I was telling you about, that pirate song, is we were playing a show in um, Northern California, I think, at this vineyard. And it was a friend, a friend of ours, his brother showed up, and I had heard that he worked for Pixar. Yeah. And he was like this director, animator for Pixar, and I was like, hey man, we need to, we want to do an animated video for one of our songs, and he might be taking the reins, and when Pixar's like off, he might be working with some of these animators from Pixar to, to do a full animated music video for us now, Sick. which is fucking, I, being at somebody that was going to go to art school, like it's my dream come true. And like from going from poo-pooing like an animated movie that we got into like having somebody at that high level Pixar. of art wanting to do some shit for us. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this it's shit be... is fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys have music videos. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. the first music video? Because obviously YouTube's been around for a long time. And that's uh, kind of after MTV. That was kind of the... It was Lay Me Down. We went down to Gaviotas. Really? Yeah. We just got super wasted and went we down to Gaviotas. What's the fucking... Uh, what's that restaurant on the cliff down there? Uh, in Puerto Nuevo? Yeah. Puerto Nuevo would be like the half a mile, mile. Is it the there. halfway house? Is it called the halfway oh, house? Oh, the sick... The one up on Old the bluff? bar? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Is it it's called like the halfway house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that place. Yeah, we like shot right there. Halfway house. Yeah. It is halfway yeah. house. Yeah. yeah, so we drove down to Mexico and shot oh it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got fucking smashed. I got smashed there. Yeah. yeah. There's a pool table. Of course yeah. Did. yeah. Yeah. There's good wings, right? There is. Yeah. Down, There's like yeah, a little bay below. right there. Yeah. Yeah. So your first video was. I'm going to just add it on. Lay me down. Long trunks and flat brim hats, dude. You know, below the knee trunks and flat hats. So, so after, good. like, getting the wind out of your sails, getting dropped because of Napster, and then grinding it out on the Warp Tour. Yeah. Like, when did you guys, like, feel comfortable and, like, go, okay, we're fucking, you know, Dirty Heads is here. Like, yeah, that, that's the weird thing about this is that, uh, like I said, I, I've, I've kind of struggled with anxiety my whole life as a kid uh, up until probably a month ago. I did this psychedelic retreat. That's a whole other talk, but it fucking changed my life. But up until then, I was, uh, anxiety was a, a, a pretty big thing, right? Whenever I thought about it, everything else in my life, anxiety, level 10. Whenever I thought about the band, level zero. Wow. Level zero. Every night I'd go to bed and think about it. Level zero anxiety. 100% gonna happen. I'd talk pre, to Duddy and he'd be pre, like, same thing. Pre-party, post-party, like, you know, cause you went From through- day one. Like, so you're still feeling that regardless of, yeah. you know, the first, say, 10, 15 years of heavy partying, maybe it was your outlook, out, you know, outlet to, you know, kind of out, of out of body experience when you get on stage to, you know, being sober later, same, same feeling. Like that's your home. 
Yeah, definitely. That's like, I know it's weird, and it's, I, I don't know what it is. Duddy had the same feeling. It was just something that I knew I was going to be successful at, and I am not the fucking person to be confident like that. Like, I overthink everything, but this was the one thing in my life yeah. that was just constantly like, you're the, good. It's going to happen. is that crazy weird? Thing, it's fucking crazy, dude. So I know I've, I cannot explain it. The crazy the one thing, thing I can't about explain. anxiety is uh, it's talk more. You know, people talk about it mm-hmm. more. It's it's like, wow, anxiety, anxiety. And you're like, fuck, like, yeah, I I have that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But some people yeah. have it more. Yes. And it causes And them, then you can do things like partying and you think it's helping it, but it's making it worse. Like, you can take yeah. pills. You can but drink that, all day. Yeah, yeah that's just, just delaying and you're buzzing out yeah. and escaping. Yeah. And yeah, you're not yeah. really but, seeing. But to, to it's, it's really crazy and awesome to hear of all the things in life to be successful in music and and you knew from the get-go that that was your calling calling. yeah it was my purpose it was the one thing that kind of made me feel like that shit happens for a reason before i was pretty skeptical on things like that there's a lot of people in the world you know coincidences happen there's seven billion people like yeah of course these things like just shit's gonna happen right yeah but this was the first time where i was like oh man this is meant to you know this is meant to, and then the other things started happening where I was like man shit's shit happens for a reason yeah you know it's well, kind of set I think too you're in a in, to reflect where you're at now versus when you're in your teens or young 20s and again you're you're kind of blinded by the partying and the fast pace and just yeah you're so you're just trying so hard to be successful mm-hmm. and, and now that you've had it you kind of digress a little bit mm-hmm. kind of look at the big thing the big picture yeah how many crossroads of you know or how many k-rock or the you know the surfs up or you know having that one song you know like there's there's it's not by coincidence right you know like it is you create it because you're hustling and you're putting it out there and and obviously that has a lot to do with it people that you know put it out you know and try and try and try it more doors open you know for sure there's there's that aspect of it but how fucking lucky you know we talk about there's past there's luck there's timing there's all this stuff but at the end of the day when you look back where you're at now you're like i shouldn't be here right yeah. the but, way things but I happen should, yes <laughs> yeah, based on right, yeah. what i know and what other people's failures not failures but they just didn't get the break it's, I did. it's like, hard for me to swallow the pill of the, the, looking at the way things happened and not thinking that this was supposed to happen yeah, you're like, are right? you fucking kidding me? The way all of this shit yeah. played out, For you're sure. telling me it was all random, and yeah. I kind of believe that life can be completely random. And maybe I'm full of shit. We don't no, know. We're on a fucking tiny little planet in the middle no, of the goddamn universe. No. We don't know. But like, it's just hard for me to buy that this just wasn't. Yeah. It, everything just happened the way it was supposed to happen. Even I, I even feel me being becoming an alcoholic, me becoming an addict. Like that was supposed to happen for me to be the person that I am today. 100%. I was supposed to go do this aboga retreat fucking four weeks yeah. ago to become the person I did today. All of these things were supposed to happen for me to be a better frontman, for me to be a better entertainer, yeah. for me to be able to empathize with a whole new group of people, for me to write songs about something that well, I went through that a lot of people struggle with. Like it's just shit happens. The authenticity of and, and the and the. the history and that and i've been there and done that you know versus people that talk about you know whatever's like you've like you said you've lived it and there's a reason why because you're still here and and now it's it's how to you don't know 
Is it to shape other minds? Is it to help other people? Is it just <coughs> to be more creative and more inspiring? Like, I don't know. You know, you don't know. Just keep doing it. Yeah, it, it is crazy now that we've been doing it for a while, and you can kind of think about those things. And I'm, I'm a little older now. Like, I think about the fact that I can now leave something behind that's going to be long-lasting. Yeah. Like, really long-lasting. Yeah. So when I die, what... What do I want to say? What message did I want to leave in this music? Did did we help people? Like, did we actually affect all these people? Or was, or was I just playing music to get my fucking, to jack off in front of a mirror? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, was I playing music for my ego? Was I playing music because I wanted to be accepted? Or did I get to a point to where I was playing music because, one, I loved it, and two, it actually was, like, helping people. You know, playing yeah. music is something we've done well, since I think we it's called maturity and, and wisdom and stuff. In caves, whatever, right, yeah. And, and whatever else, because when you're young, it's like, yeah, it's about... How it was about this? partying and getting chicks and For fucking around and all, making a living. Yeah, one hundred percent. But it's also like, how do I, how do I make money? And if I want to party the rest of my life, next sixty years, what's well, can I do this? It's, but then you, it's what we love to talk about mixing you, business with pleasure, right? But, but you start you like, get really lucky. Your, your pleasure is playing music and and making people fucking dance and laugh and yeah. smile. But then you're you also want money in your pocket. It's you just know? the reality of the world, of it. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to be able to yeah, provide. You, you want to be able to have a like, you know, a comfort in life. Like we all want comfort. You yeah. all want to have stability and have, and then you have a family and you want to, you know, that's just exponentially like, you know, quadruples. It adds to. The- I want, as a parent, I want to give my kid. I want to spoil them, like no other. Like I want to give them everything, but I also want to teach them. Hard work, yep. yeah. work ethic. You want Respect. to spoil them without being spoiled. Yeah, yeah. But, without being you know, assholes. Yeah, to give. It's, a, it's too late though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a give. It's a yeah. It's a balance of you know, I want to give them everything, but they got to earn it at the same time. Yeah. And I, and and again, that I think that comes on the, on a career aspect too. Like, I I built what I built. I'm at where I'm at. But again, I want to give whether it's giving back or inspiring or telling people your story. Yeah. And again, like this is why we love our podcast because whether it's an athlete or a musician or a business you know, owner, there's no like, there's no, and we talked about no check box of like, if you yeah. just do this, this is going to There's no happen. blueprint yeah. There's no success. blueprint no. for sure. So, and, but there is a common denominator though, sure. amongst a lot of work and passion. Right? Definitely. Yeah. So, so, Warp tour. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, no. Yeah, we, no, we, no, did, no, we no, definitely no, did. Dude, did you know that we did no, warp tour one year? We did warp tour yeah. one year. Okay. Was it just one year? That we, did? we only did. We were like, we're never doing that shit again, bro. That shit was yeah. fucking terrible. We never went back. Uh, so what was kidding the, me? Because you, you earlier saying you, you're on tour. Yeah. Right? Sure. From, from March to September. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that sounds like a a fixed thing is it it became a fixed thing yeah we just didn't really tour in the winter we were you know we're not a winter type band people aren't just going to show up and see us you know we're a summer band so that's fucking you know, we're shirtless spring. in seattle over here yeah, he wants bro. to be freaking on he wants to be i didn't even think about the reference i was like you went to the seattle show i was like yeah seattle mary Lord, it's cool <laughs> no but you know what i'm saying like the, no i don't know what you're talking about yeah. well the the your job like your your career, your your craft, like it started oh, becoming how did like, it turn into like what is how 
Oh, that was that. We discussed. We knew. We we've had a plan. Like we sat with our manager and we knew that we were going to be a live act, right? We we're like, we know that we if we put fucking boots on the ground and we get in front of people, we win. So yeah. that was like that was our kind of like our go to. That's the, the thing that we leaned on the most is that we knew we were going to always be a crushing live band. And we love that because you see streaming, right? So we went from a band that w- was around when there were CDs to completely pirating streaming to now. Legal streaming, right? So we've seen all of it. And the one thing that we know that we're good at that puts money in our fucking pockets and that lets us survive and that we can do what we love and have a great life and and get what we deserve is from fucking playing live shows. And and that's just like, there's not, I don't think you, like, whether we go to VR or or some other full different fucking way of listening and and watching music comes out, because I'm sure it will, and that's fine. I don't think human beings will ever stop going to live for live sure. Shows. Yeah. You know, there's just something too magical. And if about you it, look you know? at all the the best brands, whether you know, 20, 50 years they've been around, like they still touring, touring, oh. because one, it's a healthy way to make a living, you know, but it's staying relevant and staying in front, and you can rely on the past and then promote the future or what you're putting out now well, yeah and if if you want to say like oh well if you're just a live act then you're this and that and then if you're just a streaming act then you're just going to get numbers on fucking social media and that doesn't translate to tickets but tickets doesn't translate to stream to streams or social media nobody knows because we're a live act right that's what we think we yeah. go out we play live we tour vacation shows up during COVID, out of nowhere, we did nothing. It doesn't matter. If you're around and you're putting out good music yeah. and you're working, good shit's gonna happen. Yeah. So we, That's it. We, we we grew up on MTV, you know? Like, that was huge. Yeah, it was massive. I, I, I don't think, you know, MTV, the bands made money from MTV. MV, it was like marketing, you know? And they yeah, went but and if you got audience sales, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. went out. Bro, so, 90s money? Yeah. I know yeah. motherfuckers in bands now that are still living off of 90s yeah. money. And, it, and you know? it's, so, it's different. <clears throat> well, Hurley, Blew up because of MTV. But, there you go. But, okay, so money. so that was an era. Yeah, you know, you got on MTV, you were guaranteed to sell fucking albums. Yep. You know, and that was a hard copy. You know, you show up to the music store and fucking. Bomb. Yeah, you only have so many choices, right? But now, you you put out your own video, your own content. It goes onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw you have like. 72 million downloads of vacation and we played warp door one time so so like (laughs) you didn't 72 million downloads of vacation that's wild so you didn't you you weren't on mtv but you're able to monetize on youtube right yeah 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 i mean well now so now music videos are back now because of youtube right youtube pays really well like fucking Look at uh, so, I hope so. You know, yeah. Um, what's uh, Childish Gambino? This is America. Yeah. Like fucking come. That music video was insane. The production on that was insane. You can, that that song wasn't getting played on the radio at that point. Yeah. You know. Then that video came out, blew the fuck up. Now it's getting played on radio. Vacation was four years old. Yeah. It was gone, done. Radio said no. We we put it out. Radio said, eh, we don't like this song. We said, yeah. dude, this song is the shit. It's blowing up at our shows. You better put it on the radio. I said, no, we're good. Four years put later, it's on. got six billion views. And yeah. guess who plays it? Radio. That's what I love about streaming is because it's, it's fucking just, there's no more gatekeepers. Nobody can gatekeep anymore. Yeah. There can't be program directors and label heads so going, this, this, this. They go, what's the fucking people saying online? But you're not. That song's going to blow But you're up. not making a, a, a like, you're not That's getting crazy. a large residual or purchase like an album. No, you're getting no. a lot of little which makes residuals you, bro, over 
a lot of different so patterns. Do you, know how much, do you know how much one stream is worth? 0.04% of a penny. Wow. Not even a penny. Point zero on all four percent. different platforms or all. It's kind around the pretty same. Similar. But yeah, Spotify Spotify kind of pays the worst. Yeah. Uh, zero Apple, four. Pandora, YouTube kind of pay the best. That's heavy. Point zero four. So like even like so vacation went platinum. Yeah. But the thing the good thing about vacation going platinum, it brought so much traffic that all these other songs that were gonna go gold and platinum in five, six years sped it up. All went gold and platinum within six months. <laughs> like all our shows, and we we're like, "Thank you, vacation." It's the, it's the hook, so line and sinker yeah. to get them. And that was like, wow, what other songs after, after it came out? You, you so, like, it. there's pros and cons to streaming now. Yeah. You don't yeah. make '90s money, but you don't, we didn't have to do nothing in vacation. But, but the fuck up, and yeah. now we're we all you know, and that, more people and, are coming and listening to us. You yeah, know? And, and we can do it independently also. And that's what's great. I, and again, there's there's pros and cons to everything. But yes, to be able to have your own creative control. Yep. You know, you can be more independent and you can put out fucking kick-ass funny videos like Vacation is fucking funny. Yeah, kids don't need a label anymore. And yeah, that shit's funny. It's fucking funny. Mr. Building? Yeah, it's a fucking principal like lip-syncing the whole thing and like, like... Dude, he came to one of our shows which was wild. I was like, what? Mr. Belling's here. And I, I was like getting ready for the show and usually before the show I'm not like too chatty I'm just kind of like getting in the mode you know yeah. and he comes up and he's like come, let me come on stage and I was like no you're good that's good like we're good and then he went up to Duddy and he was like like in the other room it was like he went to dad and dad said no and then he went to mom and he's like let me come on stage and Duddy was like fuck yeah come on stage and so <laughs> Mr. Belding right comes on stage and we thought people were just gonna like he was just gonna come on dance around like Mr. Belding and people were gonna laugh and get off Mr. Belding runs on stage and grabs Dustin's mic and Dustin sings quiet right so I have Dustin loud as fuck in my in-ears because Dustin's a mellow singer so I turn him up really loud Belding goes to Duddy's fucking mic and just starts going and he's I'm pretty sure he's just pissed super wasted he's screaming as loud as he fucking can vacation and I was like get Mr. Belding the fuck off of stage dude they had to do like the whole like we didn't have the hook but one of our guys was like yo dude where the people are like erupting yeah they're pumped it was funny but I was like please get Mr. Belding off the fucking stage right now yeah, his his three minutes to start him. Boozy Belding. Yeah, that's fucking. Epic. No, he was, he was nice. He was super nice, but he's yeah. just fucking screaming in my ear and shit. Yeah, that I mean, it's just so fascinating on like how you know, it how hard it is to be successful, but to, how do you, how to monetize it in this like day and age, you know, like. And going back, not to the warp tour, but um, <laughs> oh my like, dude, you, yeah, he's like fucking old man rewind. Becoming yeah. a singer and writing songs. Did you? It's, that's my favorite thing to do now. No, I, I, I never really of, thought about it. You know, when I was when we started, like I said, it was just kind of like about partying, and I, and I knew we were good at it, but it was more so about just like partying and kind of making a living and having fun and really just like yeah. being able to rage for a living, right? That's like really be able to fuck chicks and drink every night and just do whatever I want. That's kind of cool. But then, then you realize that like your songs are affecting people. You get messages from people about how I was gonna fucking kill myself. I didn't kill myself because of this song. My my mom died. I, so I got through that because of this song. I was wow. a drug addict. I'm no longer a drug addict because of this song. And then you're like, yo, this is fucking real. This well, is yeah. heavy. And then that kind of sets in. And then it made me just look at the craft of songwriting. And then you look at other songs. And you start looking at other people that are taking it serious. And like, this is a really beautiful craft. This is really cool. I can build a world. I can build an entire world that somebody can live in and transport them somewhere absolutely wild, no matter how bad their life is, in three and a half minutes. That's fucking. I can I can make a it movie on it's and it's there forever. I'm like, this is the shit. I yeah. am fucking obsessed so, with the studio. 
Touring is fun, right? The shows are fun. Yeah. It gets old. I miss my family. Yeah. It, but it's pretty fun. It's yeah. not but hard. But it's a necessity. It's not, yeah, it's not physically hard. Yeah. Just emotionally, sometimes I miss a family. You're fucking out here a lot. We've been yeah. doing it for a long time. The shows are fucking awesome. You step foot on stage, all that shit gets away. But I've never once, like, I could sit in the fucking studio 365. Yeah. I love writing songs. But, but what music did for you and pulled you into your world of career and life you know like you probably weren't i'd say a little naive like you're uh, having fun people are partying but when you start getting those responses and you're like holy shit like what it affected you it's affecting everybody else Mm -hmm. you know that's you know it's powerful it's really powerful and and especially when when something is personal to you and you know i've heard it a, a producer told me one time you know if it's personal you win if yeah. it's personal to you, you're going to win. What, you know, whether people like it or not, you're going to hear that song and be proud of it, right? And usually, nine out of ten times, song nine out, nine out of ten times, when you do that, when you put yourself into a song, it works. And the other thing that we've noticed, stories, stories yeah. fucking work. Yeah. If you tell a story, it doesn't have to be about you. It can be completely made up. And that's why I love it. It's a fucking pirate song. It's a fucking listen to when you're done. And these guys are like, we're big fans. They never heard any of our songs. I can write a song about anything. Like yeah. you don't have it, does, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be about shit. The Beastie Boys wrote a hundred songs about, about nothing. nothing. Yeah. Cucumbers in a bowl of hot sauce. This, yeah. this, just silly shit. Silly nothing. shit. I had yeah. one producer but, was like, everything has to mean something. We're like, no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Show me some examples. I was yeah. like, every Beastie Boys song, and he was like, okay. Yeah, You're right. right. You know, it's fun. Like, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of songwriters sit with me and Dustin, and they're like, well, we got to write about this. We got to write. Like, bro, everybody's written everything about everything. If it, does it sound cool? Yeah. Is it fun? Well, this yeah. doesn't mean anything. I know. Well, Anthony Akitas, none of that shit yeah. means anything. Well, Nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. He's not. He's just writing wacky fucking poetry there, for his brain, and he likes it. And other people like it because it sounds good. I mean, I used to love Slayer, and I, I put on Slayer, and I'm like, I don't care what fucking words they're saying. No, bro. I love the freaking... You just want to get this. Metallica. Yeah. I just like... Yeah. You love I, the noise? I, yeah, I bro. want to destroy yeah I, I, that's what i listened to before go surf i'm like i'm gonna freaking dude you gotta listen to this destroy there's the this surf. band i've been listening to a lot called kubla con texas really it's metal it's fu- i'm fucking obsessed bro yeah they've been around for a while but oh, i just boy. found them what it's genre? just kind of like hardcore like chunky metal it's good dude it's real good but yeah it doesn't music doesn't have to be about anything i i'm pretty much sick of american hip-hop so now i just listen to japanese hip-hop and i love it because i don't know what the fuck they're saying but it's dope japanese yeah their production's so good and i don't know what they're saying so i don't hate the music you know i'm like i don't know what this guy's saying he could be saying the same shit american rappers are saying that i'm sick of but i don't know japanese so i'm like this is my favorite song how weird listen to japanese hip-hop it's hilarious (laughs) but then all of a sudden like you it'll be japanese 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 xanax and you're like yeah, oh, that's pretty he's funny. About drugs. Yeah, Japanese, 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 lean, and you're like, ah, yeah. this is funny. Yeah, it's cool. Fuck. I mean, music's so again powerful, and it and it doesn't matter what you use it for, whether you want to tell, you know, you're listening because it tells a good story or it just has a good beat. Like, there's so many ways to pull. I like everything. Mm-hmm. I like Same. so yep. much different. Yeah. Me- you know, some people are just very like. Focused, narrow-minded. Yeah, on I like hate the question like. of what type of and music. It's fine if that's what you're into, and that you don't care about other stuff. But it's like I like so much different music. Yeah, I don't even ask people what kind of music do you listen to. It's like, is that a question anymore? You ever gone yeah. on Spotify? What kind I of music? Don't you listen yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a better question because it's according a couple music. things. Yeah, no, I fuck the according music hard, dude. I bet there's bring some him sick up on stage one of yeah. these uh, days. Oh my yeah. gosh! But you talked about like you know big part of your life drugs being sober yeah i mean are you you know like at what point were you 
making that like transition. When I when I noticed that it was affecting the band yeah. and affecting my pre, pre, personal family. Yeah. This is around 28. So, you know, we had gone pre about... Pre-kids, pre uh, Pre-kids. Yeah. Yep, so, pre-kids. So I... Uh, pre-kids right around when I got married and then on my honeymoon I ran into pills we were in Thailand and I was like I'm ruining my fucking honeymoon because I can't get Norcos in Thailand yeah you know my fucking partner's so supportive and she knew and she was like I don't know what to do out here I'm sorry but like just drink more and I was like fuck I gotta get through I'm like why am I doing this I'm fucking up our honeymoon I'm fucking up our wedding I'm fucking up my bandmates fucking you know livelihood they got kids and shit like that and then on top of it I'm fat I'm dying. I'm poisoning myself. I'm like, this isn't going to fucking end well. So I just white knuckled one day in the middle of the tour. We were on fucking the East Coast in like Atlantic City or something, right? And I just had a big old fucking bottle of Norcos and a bunch, you know, there's always booze. And I walked outside of this dumpster at like two in the morning. I just dumped my Norcos in the fucking trash and I just white knuckled withdrawals on like four weeks of tour left and it, yeah. I just sat in my fucking bunk and just cried and like went through this terrible depression and anxiety just with the in a coffin with the fucking thing closed and it was so fucking terrifying that I was like I'm glad this happened because I'm never doing this again you know and I came out of it and then it was you know a you couple years cold from, fucking turkey yeah bro on by tour. yourself because I, I, I woke up one day and I couldn't get out of my tour my, my bunk I couldn't get out of my bunk so my tour manager like literally had to pick me up get me to the ER and the doctor was like yeah you're an alcoholic your shit's shutting down you know like I'm going to give you a bunch of IVs. Like, you should be okay for the show tonight, but, like, you might not be. I ended up making the show tonight, and I was like, I'm not going to cancel shows, but I'm fucking, I'm fucking my friend's lives up, and I'm fucking my wife's lives up. There's too much relying done. on you. Yeah. So that starts to sink. And it just wasn't, I knew it wasn't successful. Yeah. by yourself. This yeah. guy had to see a hypnotist. And yeah. then, and then, but I didn't, from cigarette smoking. Cloves, dude. Cloves. Those are fucking deadly. Those are deadly. Those yeah. are heavy. But Cloves. Remember He's talking about North Coast. Yeah. yeah. And alcohol. Yeah. yeah. I'm, that, that's and what I'm saying. Cold turkey. You could even cold turkey clubs, dude. You yes. See a He's a bigger man than I am. <laughs> I was just worse off. It was my bottom, you know? There was no other choice. I know, but like, okay. There was no choice. You're in Atlantic City. Yeah. And you, you didn't falter. You, you just... It was so, yeah, I was such, I I was, it was such a bottom that, you know, like I was waking up like with a, like a beer under my pillow and like trying to hide it from the guys. Like wake up at eight in the morning and be like, crack one beer in my bunk before I get out just so I'm not like shaking. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what am I doing? You know, I'm not fucking dumb. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. This isn't going to, this isn't going to end well for anybody. Yeah. So it was just that decision where I was like. 2008? Yeah. I was 28. I don't know when that was. Um. I'm 40 now. After you got married? Um, it was, re- yes. Yeah, it was after I got married. It's like a year or two after I got married. And, and you had another, you had more weeks on tour. Yeah, that was gnarly. Every yeah. show was brutal. Dude, but it was okay. good because I was like, what, you know, like yeah. I, what I put myself through, I'm like, well, I was like, I never want to do this again. You yeah. know, but I have to play these shows. I'm not going to go home, go to rehab and do all that shit. I, if I don't do this now, I'm going to keep drinking and taking pills it's and probably die of- by the end of this tour. It's you kind so you of never bad. You AA. did it on tour to where you, you couldn't just you lived you you're in a position where you're so dedicated and you have other people you're not going to let down and you're like you know what like that's what I thought. if it was off season you're kind of like it'd be easier I would have done slip. it. Yep. Yeah. You know you're mm-hmm. like I got another because you're already eight living. Eight I would have had a we- I would have had a week to like wean off the pills yeah. and maybe it slow just, down on the booze and I'm like dude then I know everything what that, happens I, for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know what's going to happen. So I did that. And then got sober, and it was rough for a couple years. Um, and then got really good, 
for for eight years and then had my second kid and relapsed last year because I just felt like things were uh, everything was good right new album coming out crushing uh, my wife's happy my kids are healthy um, nothing a brand new fucking house you know parents are happy brothers happy everything's good like everything on paper I should be the happiest person in the world I'm not I'm freaking out I'm like don't know what's going on anxiety. Then like, yeah just don't understand so that's like, when the anxiety keeps resurfacing yeah and then I'm like okay well maybe there's a couple of narcos here just a responsible drink here blah 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 no it didn't work out you know started getting back bad habits <clears throat> my buddy was like hey I went up and did this five day psychedelic retreat and the medicine talked to me and was telling me to, to reach out to you it's called a boga and I did it like a month ago and it was a fucking exorcism it was just like a five day you saw, exorcism you saw, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca? Experience you, you uh, saw no it's not it's not ayahuasca but the, the, you do it twice in four days like similar to ayahuasca uh, it was heavy it was really heavy it was an exorcism it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done but it literally went in and just why I was drinking why I was taking pills I thought was just pressure of the job um, just uh, addiction because it was in my family it was all these things it wasn't it was like unresolved childhood trauma that I didn't remember like all this like poison that I'd been putting in my body people pleasing lying all this bullshit all this just bad shit that I've been doing over period just, long, just, put, just pushing it down push like you know you're just like your dad's our dad's generation walk it off don't talk about it don't worry about it Fuck you know tough guy. Yeah. just did that tough guy everything for a long time but I was a really sensitive little kid and I shouldn't have done that so I was mm. living a lie right I, I'm not that tough guy that walks things off I'm the guy that cries a bunch and talks about things you know but I was trying to be somebody else like my brother and my dad these tough guys and it was just I was full and this medicine went in and fucking construction worker just chiseled it out bagged it up and just shot it into the ether in the last fucking four weeks and I have numerous people have, have talked to me about this and so I didn't believe it I went up and did the medicine and I've never felt better I've never felt better I mean, anxiety's completely gone depression's completely gone I feel happy I, I feel happy with myself right so and I've good. never been happy with myself I kind of always hated myself because that's kind of how I was brought up to I was kind of raised that way to like yeah. just not really love myself it was all this wild shit and uh, like there's not a, what there's is, not a cheap, it's called a boga it's a, a boga. yeah it's a plant from Africa it's actually ibogaine is a derivative of it that's what like a lot of people like on your last leg of heroin abuse they'll give them ibogaine and it's been helping them but this is a little different um, there's not a cheat code to life but the closest thing to it is this fucking medicine hmm. you know a lot of opiate are a, you a lot of, in a like camp or yeah you're at a retreat Richard, yeah, yeah. yeah. supervision it's program like they yeah there's a like shaman a, it's not like a rehab but it's like there's a shaman and his wife and they feed you and they they also feed you it. a shit ton of psychedelics and you fucking <laughs> lose so your shit for the, you know on top of the abadoga or I, I, oh aboga aboga yeah okay. yeah you get fed you know a couple times a day and you do it twice, and um, it, it really, really, really helped. It kind of gave me a new lease on life. You well, know, it just I, I was looking at life in the, the wrong way, you know? Um, now I'm just excited to be alive, you know? Well, it, and again, I don't condone uh, psychedelics people. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. But, no. <laughs> but I've done them. And when they say you only use 10% of your brain, you know? And you Some do, of us five. Well, well, maybe. I thought it was all right. Two, yeah. This enlightening of what you speak of is—it's a game changer. Yeah, you know, it—it just—it just—it gives you. There's so much more to life 
there's so much more out there. It's it's kind of like a rebirth of like one hundred percent. Like everything, you know, that you know about the world mm-hmm. as you used to see it. Yes. You know, like you yeah, come that, out as like I'm changed. It makes you really truthful with yourself, you know, and I, and what I was doing was lying to myself and believing the lies for forty years, you know, yeah, and yeah. it really made me truthful with There's myself it. and made me come face to face with it all. And and, and it's doing a lot of work with like PTSD for war veterans, rape victims, a lot of Iboga, ayahuasca, uh, MDMA. You know, there's a company called Maps doing a lot. Psychedelics are really changing people's lives. If you can do it the right way with yeah. the right guide, and yeah, I mean, I've listened to a couple different podcasts about how ayahuasca is a, a, a heroin addict treatment, right? Yeah, same with the boga. And it sucks because like our society has like Damn. all our lives fed us like prescription drugs. Yeah, pharmaceutical. Here's some pharmaceutical. Yeah. They're pretty much heroin pills. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. like synthetic. Yeah, exactly. The, the more you yeah. like, you know, discover alternative Holistic, natural, natural shit from the earth. Yeah, that is thousands of years old. And yeah, you know what the fuck been telling us about. Yeah, but not just doing it. You're you're in a setting with people that understand what they're giving you. They they set you Correct. up with a with a with a program. You're in a comfort zone because, again, I would watch friends go do like shroom shakes. Yeah, at twelve at night and going to some crazy nightclub. And I'm like, you guys are crazy like that's not the way I want to I want to be at the beach I want to be I want yeah. to see the water so you, never did that yeah. you never took a shroom shake and went to the couple times yeah, yeah. 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 a couple times it was not it was not ideal yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no it's like you're 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 there for a reason and there you got the support system and a program that's gonna like deal with the mm-hmm. issues yeah. that you're there so it's a total walk you through it yeah, yeah. yeah it's different from being in a you know a party mode that a lot of people go into this and have bad experiences or whatever yeah. and it, it also comes down to your personality too like i have friends that can't smoke weed because they get super paranoid and freaked out and then some people are like wow that's just like my counterbalance to my anxiety to you know yeah. whatever i'm dealing with and it's super mellow same with drinking like you got people that drink and they just turn angry and physical and and crazy and mad and and then there's others that are just lushes and happy, you yeah. know. So right here, we're, dude. we're yeah. lushes and we're happy. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, yeah, it was again, a good time. it's there's no again like we talk through life. There's no blueprint. Yeah, you know? everybody's path is that, different. That, everybody's and it's and it's different. But yeah. there should be a conversation and an open dialogue to what works with whatever. You yes, know, I, and I, I had done talk therapy. I tried to go to AA. None of that shit worked for yeah. me. You know, what works for me is, is getting my ass handed to me by psychedelics and really showing me the root, like not like pulling the fucking root up, not only pulling the root up, showing it to me, and then just clearing out the whole fucking garden, the dirt, everything, and yeah. restarting. And that's what it did. And I'm like, I'm so eight. Are you just but wild. Are you having curious conversations like with with people while you're you know under like how how like you're mainly having you're mainly having a conversation with yourself okay. you know so you can't walk you're fucking smoked right you, you start start taking the medicine you lay down and, and, you, and what, it's, from what is sun, your, it's from sundown to sunrise and what is your like surroundings and do you have like there's bed this, and water and drink yeah exactly and, like, you're on a mat and you know it's candles lit everywhere and there's five other people and there's the the Buiti is the tribe that found this medicine that there's like traditional Buiti music going on which is wild music like even the music's like you're like this shit's gonna make me crazy just this fucking music's gonna make me crazy I listen to this shit for 10 hours yeah bro it's wild uh and on top of that you're tripping balls but when you open your eyes you're pretty okay 
when you close your eyes, it's a fucking movie. It's a movie of everything. Your childhood, your past. Everything's your, just the, flashing. And it's just a circus, bro, for a long time. Long, yeah. long time. And I'd got dosed really high, so it was supposed to end in the morning. You're supposed to go to bed. My shit just lasted till like, 3 the next day. And then I came out of it and was still like, oh, shit, this, what am I doing here? This is heavy. I wanted to quit 10 times a day. And then you do it again. And my thing, a lot of the, the lady next to me was laughing. She was seeing her son. She was like hugging her grandma. She was having a blast. And I, mine was just horror movies, just absolute horror movies for fucking two days straight. Like it was so heavy. But what it was showing me is that all the things I was doing, all the people pleasing, all the, the, the self-hate, all the like little lies that I tell and wanting people to accept me and doing all these things, this is probably why I was in a band. And like all this bullshit was just poison. It was just darkness. It was as dark as all these dark things that it was showing me. But then it just took all of it and got rid of it. I used to carry it around. I could feel it. I could feel it in my shoulders. I could feel it in my stomach. That's where I got anxiety. Now I know that it happened to me, but it's not part of me anymore. Yeah. The only thing that matters is me. And I'm only going to do things that make me proud to be me. That was the big, it was like a fucking billboard. And it was like, uh, only do shit that makes you proud to be you and love you. And then I went to my fucking little trailer and I stared at myself in the mirror like fucking goddamn apocalypse now and just stared at every flaw that I had, my teeth, my ears, my eyes, everything, and just started loving loving it all, which was wild because I used to fucking hate it. I just... I'm not, not as good I'd looking. Like, I'm not this. I'm not as... I would walk I'm by like, a mirror and I'd have like a mirror face. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, well, this is my right fucking side. I'm like a front man. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, this insecure. Like, what? But I, it all just came back from me being a scared little fucking sensitive kid that like tried to be a tough guy my whole life. And now I don't give a fuck. That's who I was. That's who I am. I hugged that little motherfucker. I hugged the 12-year-old Jared. I hugged the 16-year-old Jared. You I hugged all did those Did you kids. hug the boogie? Did you drop the, me boogie boarder? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm proud of that shit. Bro, you, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have came on a surfing podcast podcast didn't even mention bodyboarding. I would have lied. I would have been like, yeah, I grew up in Surfside surfing. Dude, fucking yeah. started ripping it out. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that shit. Eight. Yeah. Totally, you know, I would have just people please you guys probably. Not not to that. I'm a little older now, but I used to do that when I was younger. But it still lived in me, you know, and this this yeah. medicine really just kind of takes it, it, it. Not kind of. It takes everything and it fucking gives you a full rebirth. My, my mind, so my mind runs real hot, right? Or it did. Thoughts. I could never, ever turn my, my brain off. I would go to bed at 3 o'clock. I'd actually probably go to bed at 1 o'clock and wouldn't go to sleep till 3 o'clock. I'd sleep until 1 o'clock. And when I'd lay down in bed, thoughts, always. When I was talking to you, I wouldn't be present. I'd be having a conversation with you, and I'd be thinking about five other things. I'd be having a conversation about you, thinking about, did I say something stupid? Not conversation. I'm about never that. fucking present, right? At one point in this medicine, when, when I was on this medicine, we got done, it was wearing off, and I was laying in bed, and I heard a pop in my head, like an audible pop, it went, and then everything went away, and I sat there for like an hour, and there was no thoughts. It was like a, just Happy. a cool wind, and, and, I can sit, and I can still do it now. I can close my eyes, and there's not a lot of thoughts. It's pretty calm Gosh. in there. Yeah. And That's I was like, so and I, for 40 fucking years, I've been... A, well, a, a fucking hamster cage in there and I, I mean, started crying I talked to him he's like yeah that happened to me that happened to me his wife that happened to me and now I just feel clear and I feel calm and I can I feel light and I feel like I I have me and that's all that matters and now you guys are going to get a better, better version and my wife's going to get a better version my kids are going to get a better version because now I'm like excited to play with my kids not yeah. like oh, I got to play with my kids and I'm watching my phone while I'm pushing my kid on the fucking swing and I'm like going to a party with Kate when I don't yeah, want to be there now I'm like consumed with like nonsense yeah. and life is a with yeah. fucking the shit that you should be consumed life with. is a fucking gift and I have a good one and I'm going to 
appreciate it and live it you know yeah it's so wild because i mean and i love that you know we're talking to somebody that obviously is a a celebrity and fucking you know in a big band and and there's so many fucking people that don't have like your stardom but are going through the same shit you know like a day-to-day work kids school you know and it's yeah this doesn't it's not isolated yeah you know no it's not yeah this didn't your, your success and money in, won't change it any. No. Right? Yeah. Like that's if you're not fucking happy with you, if you can't be happy with you alone yeah. in a room with nothing, nothing will matter. Money yeah. won't matter, chicks won't matter, sex, drugs. And that, and that's what I happening. and that's what I got from that conversation. conversation. Yes. Is, is like, 100%. you know what? Like this is you and you have this path and this is where you're at in your career, but there's so many other people that have that same anxiety or yeah life is or fucking hard shit. man no, yeah life is fucking hard you gotta treat yourself right you gotta have compassion for yourself and, and like I said the, the big thing was only do shit that makes you proud to be you yeah. that's if you stay that and you, you, let, you let your you let your mind take a back seat and your soul start driving that's the way to do it your yeah. mind's your mind's a fucking computer it's gonna do wacky shit you're not, it's not gonna be good for you if you let your soul your gut drive and your mind just make sure you get up on time and get your kids to school yeah. you'll be in a better place yeah. it's it's crazy too like there's people in this world musicians surfers athletes that are gifted that take their own life because of what they go through yeah i was kind of what you're talking about yeah i wasn't super close with chester but i really looked up to him and he was a buddy and he gave me a lot of advice he was friends with my manager chester from lincoln park and it's insane you know that was that was something that was insane to me that like this dude we were in arizona and this dude we're at a Mexican food restaurant and he's eating fucking cheese enchiladas we go outside and he smokes like four or five dirts and he's like just smoking cigs with me eating cheese enchiladas and an hour later he's on stage and he's fucking screaming pitch perfect perfect show he's a perfect singer not doesn't warm up doesn't I talked to him do you have a vocal coach do you have this do you have that just and he's just talent. so fucking talented that I'm like I can never be a singer that good I gotta go to vocal coach I gotta work I gotta do I'm not that good I'm, I'm pitchy I'm this I'm that I'm like hating on myself this dude's like this perfect singer. He's got an enormous amount of money in the bank, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. A couple years later, he kills himself. And that's where I was just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of that shit matters. Because he was just, there was something, he, uh, something poison yeah. that he couldn't, and I, and I understand, being an addict, going through withdrawals, all that shit, if I had to stay, the, the depression that I had when I was going through withdrawals and like coming out of it for like, you know, a year or whatever, if, if that was life, Four or five years, I couldn't. I get it. I'm like, I get why motherfuckers like. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted that I can't do this anymore. So it, it, you try and fill it, and then you think you're trying to fill it, but what you're really doing is escaping from from the roots. I'm not. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not a fucking therapist. I don't know what's going on with Chester, but you're. It's wild that to look at guys that are so successful and so talented, yet so damaged. Yeah, and palm of their hands. Yeah, and And mental health is fucked up. They, you're not a a therapist in regards to having the accolades and you studied for it, but you lived it, and that's where it resonates. I think way more deeper. You know, like what what you just went through, the aboga. Yeah, I mean. That should be shouted on the mountain. Every single person that is allowed right? to do like, it should, but should do it. Yeah, I swear to like, God, this world would be a better place. Dude. They give it to their sixteen-year-old boys for a rite of passage. And if I fucking had this medicine at sixteen, I would have, I would have been a much better person. Yeah. Now, you yeah. know. Like, but I did have some reason. Yeah, it's, it's all good. You, you had pal. to go through it. Yeah, I'm glad I did. Very glad. I, I would did. like to do that. You should. Be gnarly. You really should. <laughs> you should, man. 
Actually, yeah. I'm not going to say that. I don't, I'm not going to say anybody should do anything, but no, it worked really well for me, and it's worked really well for it me. Worked. Let's talk about surfing. Yeah, I love surfing. So, so I've all your... really good the last three days. <laughs> well, I've been surfing a lot better, too. Just I think it's because I'm more present or something. I've been surfing okay, way better let's, now. Let's not talk about the last three days, because it sucked. No, I'm just Yeah, it's been fun, bro. It's been so good. It but sucked because like, you sat on Northside when Southside like, was empty. You're touring. You're global. Like, you've done, you've gone... Yeah, it, it we've slowly became less become less global because of COVID, okay. the dollar. Uh, it's fucking hard to get to Europe. It's hard to get to Australia. It's hard to develop those countries at this point. But we're gonna start. We do well in South America. Nice. Canada's not necessarily a different country, but we no. do well in Canada. <laughs> oh, we do well in Canada. We do well in South America. Yeah. The two places we could drive or get too quick. Um, we do all right in the UK. And we do garbage in the rest of Europe. Um, and we, I feel like we would do really well in Australia, and our numbers do really well in Australia. We just haven't got there. But about, that, like, that, Asia. We went to Japan? Japan one time for the Surf's Up uh, thing. We played Stand Tall at the movie theater once and then just got absolutely smoked for seven days. It was the best trip of my life. I would live in Japan. I'm obsessed with Japan. I so could live there for sure. Japan's fucking... Well, I love the reason it, yeah. I brought it up is because you have accessibility to like travel and yeah. go to some cool place, whether it's the East Coast or up and down the West, whatever. Like, America's... Like, are you able rad. to like, hey, we're on tour. I'm bringing Bring my board. board because we're going to be close to surf spots. We're rarely close to surf spots, but when we are, we have friends now. Uh, and the last time that happened was Montauk, and we scored Montauk oh, like fucking lowers. And then Montauk's kind of like Bolsa. Like, there's a lot of people out there, and they all got really expensive longboards, but nobody yeah. really knows how to surf. Yeah. So if you just kind of like paddle like you know what you're doing, they're like, hey, okay, okay, go, okay, yeah. go. And you're like, fuck yeah. And me and John John scored Montauk, like one of the most memorable sessions I've had in a long time. It was perfect. It was like perfect lowers. Have you surfed? Uh, Hamptons or no it's fucking insane yeah, I, I, there's a lot of it was a cool beach. little culture up there like that Montauk's like a cool little surf town like yeah. I, I thought it was just surf all bougie huge, yeah, yeah. It, it was good oh. there were some really good Where guys did you surfing. go uh, this was at the end of summer I believe this summer no this was a couple years ago before okay. COVID yeah. reminds me of the whole like Malibu like Santa Barbara yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like they just yeah, a lot yeah. of, totally a lot of I mean but up. they were nicer no it wasn't as vibey yeah they're not diehard surfers, but yet they're they're in, you know, because they. Have yeah, I wasn't other... talking shit. That sounded rude of me, but no, no I mean, know. you know, like if, not you, at all. if you paddle that's, for something, kind of like, yeah, 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 go ahead. I'm in, just saying that, that part of that it's know, not their yeah, daily yeah. ritual. They're more weekend warriors or yeah. swell warriors. And you it's know, part like, of the culture, is right? Cool. Like yeah. they're not. There was know, some fucking shredders out there, though. Yeah, there was some good dudes, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm just the the. The bougie part, there's yeah. bougie But, I mean, stuff. other than that, I mean, we're really only in Florida and the West Coast, and so we don't get to surf a lot, yeah. you know. So you, you talked about going to Waco. Yeah. And we surfing private, pools. Yeah, is, that we, your, is that your first experience of wave pools? Or yeah, there? yeah. We just So you saw it from Pepper, New Shane, a couple of the other boys knew Shane. Uh, we went like Jess, Jesse Evans and Tip and a couple other guys, and they all kind of knew Magnuson. So we were already kind of dialed, and we just made like a boys' trip out of it and, and rented the whole day. Yes. And fuck, it was so it. fun. And it was just Best like, it reminded cool me. Day ever. Yeah, and like there was that one little like peaky, like, the mushy takeoff where you get that peaky little seal the seal barrel and we just kind of surfed that thing all day it was just like kind of surfing shore break it was so good it was so much fucking fun i haven't had the chance there but it I was a blast palm springs gets i know fun. yeah we're pumped well yeah shane texted me a photo of the new the new one the yeah. layout 
Yeah, they brought us back and like showed us how it worked. It was fucking fascinating. Showed us like how the bottom was and everything. It was it was really cool. And just yeah. those giant pumps that were pumping. It was it was it was it it was easy to get used to. But the first like half hour, you're like, what the fuck? Because it pulls you back and you have to sit at the, num- the numbers, you know. And then it's fast. Like once you get up, it's kind of like river jetties. Yeah, like, it goes, it's it goes from like this to like that. Like, yeah, and then you gotta like you immediately gotta hit your yeah. line. You immediately gotta hit a bottom turn. Isn't but, like, it crazy how many it's very technical. Wake pools there are that are coming, dude. We're gonna get so like the, we're gonna get so our, many our, kids. our kids' generation is gonna, it's be, gonna be nuts. Yeah, yeah. So there was a a, a dude. We shut up the day uh, the day before our private day. We got there a little early, like we flew in pretty early, just how flights were, and we got there at like noon or something, right? And there was a family, and it was a sad story, but uh, it was pretty cool. The guy was doing. He was terminally ill with some sort of cancer, and he had some money, so he was gonna go surf all the spots he wanted to before he passed away. And he rented Waco out for himself and his family. And his, like, grandson was there. His grandson was, like, 10. And his grandson was, you know, from... I'm not Arizona, but I don't know. I don't know where the fuck they're from. I don't remember. Somewhere not where there's a And this kid had never surfed. And we saw him, and it was just little mushy, like, the learning waves where it was just white water, right? He was on a soft top. And we came back later at, like, 6 o'clock, and he was pumping down the line. Because so it was just him and his crazy. granddad. It, yeah. was, it was like a, it was like skating. If the, you skate one ledge, you can work on one trick. Yeah, yeah. If you have the same wave over the and over, that kid, yeah, I, is going I'm to telling be, the progression from kids at wave pools the, is going to no, be the repetition. Wild. Have you done Kelly's pool? No. No. What's up? It's Let's good. play a show there. Get me there. You guys know him? Dude, the deal. Dude, we can do a show. We'll play for free. I swear to God, Kelly Snyder, what's up? What do you need me to carry in? What do you need me to do? I'll be a roadie. Yeah, drive the bus. Yeah, you're good. You tour manager. I'll be a roadie. Yeah, we're good. I can't. You know what? Did I ever? I think somebody from your camp actually hit me up when I was working for Outer Known, and I emailed somebody because, yeah. We definitely sent out a blast to wave pools, and we're okay. like, "Hey, we'll play free hey, shows." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I know, I know, we did. Friends. I know the Iration guys do because those guys surf really well too. I know those guys did. Like, we'll play free shit. Surf your wave pool. I don't give a I fuck. I haven't done the um, Waco one yet. It's fun. I've done Kelly's pool a bunch of times. Yeah, it looks sick. Oh, a bunch and of times. Cool. It's pretty fucking. I'm sure it's it's got to be different it's, than it's Waco. Bananas. Yeah, Waco's like real beach breaky and short. And fast, yeah, it's but fun. Shore yeah. break yeah. kind of way. Yeah, you feel like you surf shore break when you're done. Yeah, I'll. Uh, yeah, the, the the Kelly's pool is like going to. Are we getting three in Palm Springs though? Are we getting like the Hobgoods, the Kalani Rob one, and then another one? Yeah. What's a bummer is um, Kelly's group. The Kelly Slater style pool, they were supposed to do one there, but I, I, they let out a press release that said that the city went against it. So there's only going to be the two? Two or three. Oh, so, fuck, yeah. I don't care. That's yeah. Right. And then Oceanside is supposed to get one. Huh. Yeah. Putting a wave pool by the beach? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it. Okay. Bring sand to the beach. Yeah, fuck it. Have you seen the one in Brazil? It's called like Perfect Swell. I don't know. Holy <laughs> shit. Jared. I, I um, What's it look I'm sure I've seen it. What's it, it look like? It kind of looks like Waco style, but different and better. Okay. I'm There's this, sure. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you after we talk, but the perfect swell one is so trippy because they, they, do, they do this one setting where waves 
come together. Oh, that's right. And they have the they have the this this uh, video like a back backwash peak that you can hit. Yeah, kinda, yeah. They have this video of uh, Rob Kelly on this side and some other guy on this side, and the video is like boom. They both do airs like synchronized surfing. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Here? And it's weird. Oh. It's just crazy how like they all use different technology. There wasn't just like one technology yeah. that came out. And we're like, all right, cool. Now there's wave pools everywhere. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. And then Kelly's going to have the sled. And then Magnuson's going to have these pumps. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, fuck yeah. it. I'll go surf them. If you can and combine the them. If they're not <laughs> the players, Mad Max. Of course, Australian motherfuckers are doing yeah. mad. Like, did they? I thought that was a joke. It looks I'm like, mad these Max, Aussie right? dudes purposely yeah. made this yeah. shit look like Mad yeah. Max. You, you yeah. fall on a boomerang to man, you from freaking the. Yeah, the, like, the you guys movie. aren't doing yourselves any justice by making the Mad Max with all your fucking creatures. You could have painted it white and made it look pretty. It looks fucking straight up like Waterworld slash Mad Max. So, what is life like in the Dirty Heads now? Uh, right this second, yeah, uh, it's kind of alluded eighth, to. It's it. fantastic. Eighth, eighth album just released in August. Eighth album, I think we're just getting better because uh, now it was. Now we know. Now I know how to do all the things I want to do and get all the things I want to get. I know that's very vague, but before it was you were working with producers and songwriters, and sometimes songwriters want to do an album or a song certain ways so they can get on the radio and they can get paid because they don't tour. And like you're getting these people that are like not telling you the truth and they're pushing you and they're, you're pulling you in. There's hidden agendas. Hidden agendas. Them, yeah. And you're younger and you're getting pulled in this, but you know the path and you're trying to steer everybody in. Like like I said, we're when we do a song, we know it's going to sound like us because at the end of the day, we kind of have the final stay. We, we grab the wheel. But now I'm in a spot and we are in a, as a band in a spot to where it's like, I know the songwriters I want to work with. I know the producers I want to work with. I know how to produce a song now. I know how to write a song now with these producers and build a team and get the sounds that I want and and write the songs that I want without outside forces kind of fucking with us yeah. and, and, and the label and radio and our fans have enough trust in us because of our track record now to where like we can kind of we can kind of do freedom with yeah, the label. Yeah, we are, but we do a 50-50 deal. So it's pretty independent, and then they give us a lot of creative freedom. I mean, almost all. You know, like we're who's we're, your label? Uh, it's called Eleven Seven. They're from New York. They're great. They've been with us for a long time, and they, you know, they fund us and they believe in us, and and um, they have good ideas sometimes and not great ideas sometimes. But so do we. You yeah. know, but we work as a partnership, and I love working as a partnership. Yeah. You know, but but realizing also we came into that partnership independent and doing it on our own so they know that they trust us you know but we're just in a good spot you know because i we just our chops are like my fucking band is so good that i don't have to worry about them you know every player is so fucking pro that and that's why i don't play an instrument i don't want to fuck up the dynamic i don't want to start playing guitar now and coming in with janky ass fucking guitar parts we call it ugly. We call it next practices you'll be like bro. check it out oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> but we call them like we call them ugly babies right like if you come up with an idea it does not mean that idea is good just because you came up with it, right? Yeah. Like you have a baby and you're like, this is a beautiful baby. And it's yeah. like, it's just it's an ugly baby. It's just beautiful because <laughs> it's yours, right? So it's, sometimes you got to check yourself. And I feel like if I started maybe playing instruments, it would fuck with that, yeah. with that dynamic when all I have to do is look at my guitar player or my drummer or my bass yeah. player and just go, hey, play this. Da, 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 da. And I go, da, 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 da. I can just yeah. write that shit with my mouth. Yeah, you don't I don't need, need to, feel to fuck like, it up. Yeah, yeah. there's no... And there's no role envy. Like, yeah, there's no role envy. You know, well, now like, that we you're all comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, you I, don't I just really 
Yeah. I feel like this album, and from what our fans have said, I think I feel like this album is our, our best album since the first one. And usually your first one, it's called Mid... <laughs> He's, I, we're huge Midnight fans. Control. We're huge Midnight fans. Control. Hey, welcome. We got Jared from Dirty Heads. We're huge fans. <laughs> What's the album name? Did it come out last year? Were you guys playing Warp Tour? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's called Midnight Control. One. It's called Midnight Control. Go check it out. It's hands down, like it's hands down our best album that we've we've had since but, our first or second one. So, so because we just know who the fuck we are and we know how to get it. Is We're there better. like a program where you're like, okay, we got to do two YouTube videos for this, or 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 how, how like streaming like makes streaming? Yes. Yeah, how so, do I like? So we'll usually pick like one to okay. lead. You know, and we'll we'll pick it as a band, and we'll be like, we know this is probably gonna work. We love this song. Uh, we feel like this is gonna work. We'll shoot a music video for it. Like, so we picked "Life's Been Good," which was that like the cover. It's pretty much the Joe Walsh flip that we did, and it worked, and we knew it was gonna work. So we shot a music video for that. But after you release it, after you release the album, you just leave it in streaming's hands for a little while, and then you get to look at those numbers, which is dope, right? Like we put out the album, and then we wait three How months, and then we go. All right, Island Glow, the pirate song. That one's doing the best. Now let's get a music video for it. That's rad. It's that, cool. Yeah. And label the label's okay with that, and radio's okay with that. Everybody's okay because it doesn't putting. need to all pour out at the no. same time. And the kind of like longevity that like yeah. song is like, hey, this is killing it. You got the track record. You see it, and then then you drop a, a video. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just the the numbers are there. The gatekeepers are gone because the numbers are there. There's no bullshitting. Yeah. The, the people are telling mm -hmm. everybody else what they want to listen to and we can listen to the people now and that's fucking cool. So, yeah. people's champs of Dirty Heads, what's the biggest, most rewarding song for you? Life's been good. It's always the latest. You know, it's always the, the most recent one that's been yeah. successful, you know? So Life's Been Good went to number three. It was up there with Chili Peppers, Imagine Dragons, The Big Boys. That felt good, you know? Yeah, that's epic. Yeah, so that felt fucking awesome. And we're just, you know, I, I look at that shit for five minutes and then I stop. And at, at as an artist and a creator and whatever, and if you're in that realm, you're like, I'm okay being third because yeah. like, you know, like yeah. that, that is still winning. I'm, you know, like, of course you want to be yeah. number one. Are you kidding but, me? But that is like. I don't care. That doesn't. This is how I gauge it. When I show up to shows, are people there and are they having a fucking blast? Yeah. yeah. That's how I gauge it. See? That's how, that's how I give a fuck. After about. a Numbers are cool. This that's great. All the shit. New, new Jared over here. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, number three. <laughs> I'm fucking killing it. Well, before, I wouldn't look at it because that shit would give me anxiety. <laughs> now, I just don't fucking care because yeah. I'm, I just want people to show up and have a good time. Well, you, know? you know, the success and, the, and, 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 and fuck, man, the, the amount of like years you've been together and have the same like tight-knit crew yep. is that's crazy too that's, it, it that's is a win right there. i think it i think it has a lot to do with where we grew up how we grew up and the people we grew up with you know like it growing up in the surf culture growing up in the skate culture having older brothers just being friends and like having like kind of enforcers in the group and older brothers and older friends and shit like that just growing up without egos and getting slapped around if you are an asshole like we all just grew up as normal people and we got into the industry and we saw assholes and we said let's not be that and we saw really cool people like jack johnson we said let's be that and then we i mean i've known john john since third grade i've known duddy since freshman year yeah. the rest of the guys we met in our 20s right so we've been so tight for so long we've already gone through the like you're closer than friends now you're brothers now you're family now you're just something where you see each other all the fucking time we've already had all the bullshit but we're all grown men we're always good friends and we always knew everybody was a good person at the end of the day that all that shit kind of 
just went away when we would we would mindfully talk as a group because yeah. it's a relationship as like you'd watch a documentary about a band imploding you watch yeah, a documentary watch about a Metallica them, where they're fucking getting a therapist for the band and we're like we don't want to do that shit yeah. clean the tour bus and don't be a fucking dick yeah yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah don't be a prima donna yeah like, we're simple. all in this yeah, and everybody's all, equal like, everybody's matter. equal like, check your fucking ego and if you walk in with an ego somebody's gonna get slapped yeah, yeah. called that, out that's what I like History. about the unspoken rules of of your fucking crew yeah you know what I mean of, of the of how you grew up in your yeah. childhood 100% you know like it's like you didn't have an older brother and can tell or you didn't grow up with this yeah, of yeah. friends or you didn't grow up skating you didn't grow up surfing like I'm gonna you, call, you didn't get I'm gonna bumps. call my friend now at whether he's 72 or 68 or whatever he is he doesn't tell me 69 versus I'm going to call him out now like it was when we were teenagers you know and and that's how you got just great chemistry and great friendship because we are all older but I'm going to look at my friends as if we are still fucking young bucks and young you know like yeah yeah, we're all groms and that's huge it is. That is so important to like be able to, and you know, it's one thing to be friends, but in band, and that's your friends, and those are your coworkers, and those are your brotherhood. To be able to call out somebody, and it's not going to get weird because they're going to laugh it off because it's like you've been you've been telling me that fucking same shit fucking 20, 30 years yeah. ago, right? So yeah. It's it's pretty awesome to be able to sit down and hear your experience because like we've had we've had pretty big people on our show. Successful surfers, successful entrepreneurs. We've had actors. We've had artists. We've had fucking everybody. Yeah, every walk of life, and to hear your story, which is really crazy, you know. Like, thanks for having me, man. No, dude, this is amazing because, like, your your story, even in the music world, probably like other musicians, you know, your peer group. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, it's wild. It's, there, there was a lot of ups and downs, man. You know, not not just that, but they're probably all fans. But they're all, you know, it's like every, like he was mentioning, every group has like their people they look up to. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the people you look up to. You got all these bands. You, you're, yeah. you're, but, you're in a in a spot. But yet the crossover for us is surfing. Surfing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not we're not this podcast that is gonna match you up with all these other brands and this did down. We're just talking about your journey. Yeah. You know, with out, outside of what your industry is. And that and I think that's what he was touching on is our show is about surfing and about, you know, what people do within that and, it, and it, whether it's a participation, a hobby, a pro career. Or you grew up with it, and you're a fucking. They're a huge, huge. Fucking yeah, but it's. I mean, that's why it was man. such like a. When you asked, well, it was such like a yes to come and do this because it, it's just like it's such a cultural thing. Like I think that surfing, as a culture, like keeps you pretty humble. Usually, when there's ego involved, it's pretty looked down upon. Yeah. You know, from the pro level to the beginner sure. level, like yeah. it's just kind of like that's just it's not how we one roll. Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and then there's just a certain vibe like surfing keeps people young it is a brotherhood yeah. or a sisterhood or whatever. It's, it's a family yeah. so, and same with music if you do it right like there's just yeah, if you're music, music keeps us young you know like music definitely keeps us young surfing keeps me young 
music keeps me young. It, yeah. it, you we're able to be creative. You're out there having fun with your friends. Like it just, it's a certain culture that if somebody's like, oh, you're going to go do a, this podcast where you're talking about surfing, you're like, oh, I'm, you're not going to show up worried and like sketched out and having anxiety because yeah. you know it's going to be laid back and it's going to be chill. Yeah. It's just part of the culture, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's something really special and I think it has a lot to do with why we write the music that we do today. Yeah, you're, well, you're a great crossover guest, obviously, and that's I for think sure what we're talking about, but it's, you, you, know what you I can't love? take the grom out of the adult. Fuck them. You know? No. Like, what I love is like, I'm sure there's people across the world because we're globally listening to you're the biggest podcast I've ever been on (laughs) (laughs) but no seriously like people (laughs) that we know and some of them we don't know when they listen to the podcast they always say like we we get how do you know these people people. how did you get a hold of that person or or like I know this guy but I never knew that about that guy right and that's kind of cool that we can you know I knew this guy I didn't know he Boogie board to his fucking no. senior. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> let, let it out of the bag. So I know. I was like, here we go. This is spot Like the, the reason why Thank I'm you. like, huh? I trip out on on the warp thing. I keep bringing that well, up. Oh yeah. Why are you bringing that up? Yeah. Because like <laughs> your story, you know, the the luck factor of how you became successful is pretty big. Dude, the, he end, he's ending the podcast on a backhanded compliment. Yeah. No, it's all luck. It's not a back, no, <laughs> not <laughs> luck, dude. But but life is so crazy. No, I'm just kidding. That you, right? Yeah. You you. Yeah. Found this guy, Duddy. Yep. And ninth grade. Yep. He's a sophomore. You guys start fucking making rap dick raps. <laughs> Just, I fucking love this. Just right? sell, you're, you're selling it. You're yes, fucking, bro. You're rapping dick. Yeah, raps. we're rapping dicks. And you're going rapping. Oh shit! This is kind of funny. This is, is kind of yeah. cool. adolescent shenanigan. Yeah, yeah. And and from there, you you turned into we're a multi-platinum selling band. Am I right? Dicks Am I? and jizz and farts. Dude, yes, like, dude. That is fucking That's what most blowing. great things start with: dicks and jizz <laughs> <Yeah>. and farts. <laughs> When you're I'm telling you, bro. When you're a grom, you're just having fun. You're just having fun. And then you have, wow, people like this. We have actually maybe some talent. And maybe you're naive and you're maybe you're like hyper-focused, but like you're just feeding off the energy of people listening mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Like, what, well, why would these people listen to me? They, they, and we're, yeah, you're writing the music for yourself. Like, like you they, guys are from listening Huntington to this? Beach, fucking, right? Yeah. You're from Huntington Beach. You're not in the scene of the, the where the music scene is up in LA. No, right? I'm like so you're glad. you're kind of like on the peripheral mm. of what's going on. Yeah, we're close and enough. Then, and you're nobody's in the scene in LA growing up in LA. They all yeah. come from they somewhere. Come from and but and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But you it's know where what the music industry yeah. is. Yeah, the, where the music industry is, and then you, you somehow <laughs> somehow you're at Roxy. You're, you're mm-hmm. doing no. but you're fucking Daddy hires fucking buses. You're busing he's, people. He's a hustler, dude. Yeah. I think that's the point of the yeah. freaking that guy. We got to interview him next. Oh yeah, we'll get him in here because yeah. what if that's a marketing genius? That's right that's marketing yeah. genius. Yeah. Did, did he learn that from somebody else? No, he was. You know, he's just that's. I would have thought like, out. dude, all my friends are gonna get fucking shit faced. Somebody's gonna do why? I'm like the we need cheerleaders. I'm like fucking fill a bus. Hey, I'm like the dad of the group. I'm always like the fucking boy scout. I'm yeah, always yeah. like, dude, I'm like, if we're going up to freaking the Roxy, 
who's how are we getting there and who's driving like I yeah no Duddy was a hustler he was the plug he was like everybody's plug for a while so he just like had that brain where he's like all right I know how we can make money and like make this work and like if it wasn't for did him, you make money on the bus sir? on the bus ride you just try to do it yes yeah, yeah 100 yeah. you make money yeah. yeah who needs weed yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey there's, there's beers on the bus yes three bucks a piece yes no it was wild like you know it and he just made it happen if it wasn't for him and and having that mind and like having that drive because i didn't know what the fuck like i didn't he know came what from I that was family saying. yeah and he came because i was just like music what oh this did, sounds fun okay did that's his so family yeah. was his family successful in the music industry or are they just musicians uh, i think they were just musicians i don't think anybody was uh like had a professional. like his mom just had a great voice and she yeah. was singing a lot i think his dad might have done some acting but his, you know they all have like really good voices his brother was in yeah. band came was, from town it was and just then, supernatural yeah. yeah and my family was just like listening to cool music on vinyl like just like everybody else it wasn't like so epic. my parents just listened to good music they never that's why it's so weird to me like today to look back and be like i'm a successful musician yeah i did not see this yeah. in my cards you because know and i love it most parents and, and family and you know like the, the the heritage is like you kind of fall into the footsteps of what the parents mm-hmm. do yeah. not always yeah. but you know yeah. most of the time yeah especially when it comes to yeah music or some sort of talent like you're and, gonna push your kids but you guys in, you're like signed three years into it to a major level label yeah and then get dropped and then hustle on the warp tour yeah and you didn't start singing until I mean, if we started at, if you say we started at 15, you know, I didn't start singing until 21. (laughs) (laughs) After you signed. After we signed. Yeah. yeah. It worked out. I'm still trying to learn how to sing. You know what? That's, that's just so. Singing's hard. Yeah. Singing's hard. I mean, writing. I love it though. Having one successful song is one thing. Having a, a. a collection of albums yeah that was nice like after we had like uh, multiple like top fives and multiple number ones i was like okay yeah right, you've cool. made it. this is cool but i never like i said i never i never doubted that that was gonna happen that's crazy yeah. to think yeah. that you never doubted that again you know, that was that's just blind just, ambition yeah i just believe that no it wasn't blind ambition dude <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I just believe that original shit usually works, and I knew it was original, but I knew it was good. I knew there was talent there. You know well, what I'm all, hey, all, all the trials and tribulations, you knew that was your calling. Yeah, and that's all that matters. Yeah, you for know? sure. And you follow your dream, 100, percent your passion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fucking two hours of good job, boys. Good job. Fucking dirty day, dirty heads, right here. Yeah, you heard it. Drop me, drop me, Jay. Drop me. <laughs> can, can you give us? Did you have the handle on the buggy? Like no, know, like, bro. He had the arm. I had shit. the um, the web gloves. Shut the door. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I had all that shit. No, I did. I had. You did. TFLs and I had apes. I tried it all. Used to boogie Southside with us all the time. Dude, I had the handle. Had the skags. Mach skags? 10, Mach 77, I did it all. You had Skags? Fuck, at one point, yeah. Were you dropping here too? I tried, but no, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I... This I, is I, making me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> hey, I'm throwing no, myself okay. out there. No, I'm, I'm proud I, of it, I, I think I... We're a dirty little bunch on the surfside. I got a hand-me-down. My brother started surfing. I didn't get a board when my brother got a board. I got kind of like a couple years later his hand-me-down, or a year later, or six months. I don't know. Anyway, the show's not about late yeah. night. Hey, Shows about dirty heads. Yeah. Yeah. Jared. Jared Watson. Thank you. Let's go surf. Dude. I was out there. Thank you for 
That's sharing fun. your stories. Of course, that was yeah, that was amazing. I knew it was going to be. Can comfortable. you take your shirt off for a guest? I'm yeah. Gonna I'm gonna <laughs> Shirtless in Seattle. Oh. Like, you went can, to see. Can we? Can we? Oh. Uh, we're going to do some plugs right now. Yes. So, Mike. Okay, hold on. Mike Melia. Hold on. You hold on. He's going to start. Okay, yeah. Thank you to Left Coast Novelties, Mike Melia for the awesome truckers, late night with chalky hats. We look so good in hats. Look at those guys, they're beautiful. He's got hair, I don't, but Thank you know, you. that's why we wear hats. If you were going to Mentalities. November sessions. I can't wear this tomorrow, I'm Shade, no, you can wear it whenever. Yeah, fuck yeah. I actually needed one gonna... of these hats, I just ran around my face. That stick. stuff's really good. Your war surfing work. Thank you, Strider Razalewski. Um, just live. Oh, dad. We do have two. Yeah. Immunity. Just live, focus. CBD, and focus. I don't know if you need There's focus. There's no THC in that, you totally. guys. It's just straight up. I'm like, right you're now. totally yeah. focused. Dude, imagine on this. Bro. Dialed. And then... Um, Are those your signatures? Banzai. No, that's no. JB. No. <laughs> uh, Banzai. Couple Joe Bard. Thank Banzai you. Bulls. I'm a fan. Huh? I'm Thank a fan. you, Shoots. I'm a fan. Thank you... Ashlyn. Ashlyn. Villager Spirits. Villager. <laughs> you never know what we're going to drink. We're always drinking. And dude, keep up the good work. Thank you. Freaking. I hope you get to go on your mentalized trip I know. This that's year. really what's important. That's yeah. what's really important. That's what's really important. Yeah. That's what's really on my mind. Yeah. See you on the south side down the beach. Bar bar. You! Bonsai Bulls. Hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. sunscreen. <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best Ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo wax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.